This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about WandaVision Episode 8, previously on. It's just like this wave washing over me again and again. It knocks me down, and when I try to stand up, it just comes for me again. And I can't. It's just going to drown me. No. How do you know? Well, because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack. It's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. What is grief, if not love persevering? Welcome back, fellow Defenders. Yes, this is Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're on episode 8, the penultimate episode of WandaVision, and this episode is called Previously On. I am one of your hosts, John. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And rounding out this trio of grievers and persevering on, I am Chris. We should be rounding out the hex. Not that you can round out a hex. I, I was going to say, then it just becomes a circle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a dome, in the case of uh, Westview. I a circle there. of witches. <laughs> um, yes, that's exactly how this episode started, wasn't it? It mm. was. Mm. Or we maybe we're a circle of wizards. Uh, maybe. There's male witches, I'm sure there are. Chris has a beard. Yeah, I stroke it a lot. I do stroke my beard a lot. I think it's as soon as I had the facial hair to make myself actually think and look somewhat... Like, I, I'm pondering. I just mm-hmm. stroke it. It's just like, mm, it's a good point. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but yes, I understand <laughs> it. By And I'm going to nod my head slightly and slowly while I stroke my beard. I like it. I like it. Not very good for an audio podcast, unfortunately. No, but, not. Uh, but you can wait. Hold on. Yeah, we try to uh, we try to eliminate uh, Chris's Scratches. beard scratch uh, from, from the <laughs> podcast most weeks. Chris's background noise of, of beard scratching. <laughs> Anyway, welcome, fellow Defenders, to the magic that is TV Podcast Industries, <laughs> the magic that is the Defenders Podcast. Mm. Uh, we are getting close to the finale of WandaVision, uh, soon to move into Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and of course... Um, the next, this episode, I guess, and the next episodes will be tying in to one of the big MCU movies, uh, coming forth in, uh, 2022. Now at this stage, mm-hmm. uh, which is Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And all of that is on the Defenders podcast on TV podcast industries. So you can head on over and subscribe to us at tvpodcastindustries.com on any Wiccan or Android-loving podcast player of your choice. We are also on Facebook over on 
facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Please come on over, join the community uh, and leave your feedback and thoughts on all this Marvel goodness that mm-hmm. is being spewed onto Disney+. Plus. I'm still wondering whether we should correct that from Wiccan and Android loving podcast player to uh, to sentient weapon loving podcast player. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just because Android has the connection to Google as well. So I I, I kind of chose that as a bit of a gag, but I don't know whether it's working. Now that we're getting to the eighth episode of the season, maybe uh, maybe sentient weapon loving might have been the right way. I understood that gag as well. There you go. Woo! <laughs> uh, did you hear Johnners? They are uh, wrapping filming on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on the end of April. So literally Ooh, two months from now, I it, know. Near, it will be in the can. And uh, trailers will issue forth as well. Um, I, I, I do think we'll get a trailer by at least July, August. I'd say, yeah, maybe. I guess maybe. So. I remember a lot of special effects going to be in Doctor Strange. It's probably one of the most effects heavy types of movies oh, because yeah, they have all the uh, all the magic stuff. I suppose one of the other horrible things about not being able to leave Ireland, I had this feeling when we saw the interview with Elizabeth Olsen talking about the fact that she's in London right now filming Doctor Strange. I was expecting John to run out of her house, go to the airport, get on a plane, head over to London and just stalk London trying to find uh, the Multiverse of Madness sets so he could go and, uh, go and see it being filmed. But Yes. Couldn't, unfortunately. Like, Indiana Jones, there'd be lines across the map as I fly everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> but, gentlemen, if anyone else has any thoughts about Multiverse of Madness, where can they go? You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any of your thoughts about any of our episodes, any of the upcoming movies, any of the news that came out from the Television Critics Association this week, where we got lots of news about the upcoming shows, uh, upcoming uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows uh, and lots of interesting little tidbits about how Marvel uh, are working on their TV properties. I thought there was uh, some really interesting stuff on there. Uh, as John mentioned, you can also go over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Keep the conversation going about WandaVision over there. And we are also over on Twitter at TV pod industries. So please head on over there to support uh, the podcast. And of course, you can support us through our patron as well. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries, uh, where you can um, support us there with just a single doula um, or euro or pound, I guess. Um, whatever currency of choice is your uh, thing. Exactly. But. Now that we've done the shameless plugs on everything to do with the podcast, on with our spoiler-filled review. Mm -hmm. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, the episode was written by Laura Donny, a staff writer on WandaVision. This is the first episode she's been got the full credit with. Um, Once again, directed by Matt Shackman. One person that we haven't really mentioned throughout the series, my fault, um, I usually mention the showrunner pretty often because they're usually involved in the main writing of the episodes. Uh, Jack Schaefer has been involved in this whole pitch for the story, is the showrunner for the show, or the lead writer, as they tend to call them with Marvel, um, but has done such a good job pulling together the structure Mm. of this show. It's so different to anything we all expected, but definitely have to give a big shout out to Jack Schaefer for the whole concept, I suppose, of WandaVision. That's uh, all on her. Um, And just a reminder for everybody, she is one of the writers of the story for Black Widow, so uh, intriguing to see what she does in a more traditional Marvel format. Uh, coming up in May, I think uh, it comes out in cinema. I'm I'm so blown away by the, the especially with this episode, the, the threads, if mm-hmm. you will. Essentially, this was one of those kind of 
Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It, it. It's 20 different stories that you think are completely independent and make no sense. And by literally with an hour to go, I'm like, oh, I understood this reference or that reference or that <laughs> reference or that reference. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, pulling together lots of history of the Marvel Universe, the stuff that we've seen on film and, and crafting the story about Wanda and really interesting tack that, uh, that Jack Schaefer has taken uh, throughout the show. Something very similar to what the Russo brothers did when they tied together all of those movies into one massive uh, Avengers movie or two massive Avengers movies. So, uh, yeah, great job. Great job. Yeah. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Sure. The year was 1693. The place was Salem, Massachusetts. And Agatha Harkness was in trouble. She betrayed her coven and has dabbled with dark magic. But as the witches led by Agatha's mother pass judgment, her magical power absorbs the spell's cast, dehydrating and killing her coven. 300 years later, back in Westview, Agatha, tempted by the immense magical power deployed by Wanda and drawn to Westview, seeks to uncover the truth about Wanda Maximoff. With her twin boys held hostage, Agatha takes Wanda on a journey through her life to discover how she amplified her powers. The road of Wanda's life is strewn with heartache and grief. From the death of her parents in Sokovia as a young child, the experimentation and testing by Hydra, and the death of her brother Pietro, to the love and loss of Vision at her own hands. After being denied rights to bury Vision's body by sword, Wanda travels to Westview where she faces her final agony. She confronts her loneliness and the future she and Vision could have had, building a home in this town. Overwhelmed with grief and pain, she expels pure chaotic magic, transforming Westview, and in that moment, Agatha understands who she is. Wanda Maximoff is the Scarlet Witch. Elsewhere, at Sword's forward field base, acting director Hayward prepares his weapon. Using the drone imbued with Wanda's powers, his scientists reanimate the vision. What a post credit scene. And yes, what an episode. Chris, you mentioned earlier on and called us all uh, three members of the grieving podcast group <laughs> that, yeah, this is certainly a great version of grief uh, that's been told in this episode. Really, really love this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away predominantly by the writing on this one. Mm. Usually with uh, some of the previous episodes, we've had that that pinnacles kind of special effects moment where things are changing or very MCU kind of, it relies on kind of movie magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this, this had some of that, but majority oh, yeah. of it was Elizabeth Olsen once again, yeah, like just blowing it out of the water. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I mean, the writing was great and I think they had some really nice musical touches in oh, here yes. Uh, yes. as well, which I think for me, it's the first time with any of the MCU stuff where I, I guess the music has really matched the sadness. You know, a lot of the mm. time it's quite bombastic, you know, because it's heroes and it's them doing their fighting. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think the, the two moments of music which really amplify the writing here uh, is the the music just before the explosion in Sokovia mm -hmm. with the young uh, Wanda Maximoff and, and also then uh, Wanda and Vision on uh, the the bed in her bedroom um, at the Avengers base. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So some really nice, um, I guess, emotional 
music that really underpins the emotion of those two scenes. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really good as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful music throughout this episode. Um, the composer of the music actually releases the score each week uh, after the episodes have come out, gives it a couple of days for the episodes to be watched by everybody and then releases uh, the score each week. So um, we'll be able to find some of those up on Spotify this week. Um, the, mm-hmm. I know the, I know the WandaVision theme is the one, is the big one from this episode, which is used throughout. It's really, really enjoyable. Once again, our structure for our podcast has been broken. This happens all the time. It's not a, not a worry at this stage, but yes, we have, uh, as we mentioned last week, the TV show WandaVision has been cancelled in universe. So we don't get any opening credits. We don't get any stylistic touches that are references to old comedy shows, old sitcoms. Um, this is all about the actual story of Wanda being taken through yeah. uh, through this time. The so. commercial breakdown has broken down. Well, yes, yeah. but we will have a commercial breakdown in this episode. <laughs> we will have our, our top five points, including our commercial breakdown. Let's start off right at the beginning, right back in time, to, as far as I can tell, the oldest place we've been to in the MCU. Would that be right? Uh, well, if we take the Black Panther opening, where it basically is animated, mm-hmm, kind of history of Wakanda... No, yep. but a uh, live action right? on Earth, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, unless you know, Asgard is probably millennia old. With, with oh, Thor. there was, there was when in Thor where we see the original introduction of Odin um, as a god. Yeah, and I guess the dark dimension is timeless. True, that's what sort of trips up Dormammu. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, very true. true. Uh, but on Earth, one of the oldest times, and all that was going through my head, this is set in, uh, in 1693, uh, and all that was going through my head was, that's only 91 years after my favourite Neil Gaiman Marvel comic, 1602. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. they're, they're within the same century as well. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, but what did you think about this opening scene? Ag- Agatha back in Salem, not a witch trial. Um, she's not being put to death by somebody who has identified her as a witch. It's her own coven who are, who are putting her to death or trying to sentence her to death for using dark magic. I was getting some kind of shadows here of maybe Doctor Strange with, uh, Cassilius. Cassilius. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that, and I, I love the idea that effectively she's, um, Agatha is, seems to be this big magical sponge. Um, that, you know, her, the coven, her mother, the, the queen witch, um, believes she stole knowledge um, but, and practiced the dark magic. And I, I like Agatha's response where she says, uh, no, they bent to my power mm-hmm. um, effectively, that I guess she couldn't help but absorb this uh, magic like we then see her absorbing the blue um, power coming from the the witches mm, and, turning um, back on and, and turning it back mm. on them to mm. some extent. Oh, that's how I interpreted it anyway. But I I love that and I love the sort of dehydrated, crusty witches that resulted from it um, as well. And <laughs> Great effect. It was really good yeah. effects, and uh, certainly with her mother and um, the the lead witch of the coven. Um, I loved it where there's kind of that final sort of uh, confrontation and the the crown forms in the blue magic mm. on on her head as she's trying to effectively kill her daughter, um, which was great. Yeah, yeah, it really felt that. I think we were talking about it afterwards, saying it felt like Lord of the Rings. It felt like Galadriel exposing her magic self uh, beneath the skin kind of thing. I thought that was kind of a, a nice little touch in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely loved the, the hell out of this opening. Yeah. Um, for me, it was the... I, I suppose it's setting up the the universe of magic. Like, and I, I know Doctor Strange did do that, 
but this seems Absolutely. very different in that. So if you look at the style of magic, the, yeah. the, what we'd seen kind of with the kind of geometric kind of greeny turn, uh, the the Eye of Agamato turning of time mm-hmm. and the way that kind of, I don't know, the finger magic yeah. Yeah. of Doctor Strange versus this the kind of more runic symbol of like drawing the lines yeah. of Mordo. This seems more, I'm going to cast an incantation yeah. in Latin. Yeah. Oh, like old school witch, like enchantress level kind of things like that. I, I think it's, I think it's the same because you, you do have like the ancient one, Doctor Strange, uh, Mordo, they're all in doing incantations as well. It's just, I guess, stylistically, it's done, it was done differently. Um, I mean, the, from the Doctor Strange, that was really classic to, the Straczynski uh, comics with with the 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 runes and, and all the different symbols mm. being formed within the the energy. This feels, I guess, earthier um, yes. in, in a sense. Um, yep. But it, I I think it's still um, from the same playbook. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I was going to say. It feels like it's all the same universe. It's all learned from books. That's kind of one of the confrontations we hear between Agatha and Wanda here is she's so stunned by Wanda's magic because for her to be able to do magic, it takes years of practice, years of study in books. Wanda given magic and then just uses it whatever way she wants to effectively. So uh, I thought that was quite interesting. And again, I mentioned Caecilius's, uh dilemma, I suppose, in Doctor Strange was that um, that books of magic were being kept away from him by the Ancient One, things that he felt like he should have been able to learn. Um, here we have Agatha's dilemma saying, well, if you just taught me, then I wouldn't have had to go behind your back to learn this dark magic. If you just listen to me and, and taught me the things that I wanted to learn, then I wouldn't have gone behind your back kind of thing. So it does feel of a, of a kin, of a kindred spirit, I suppose, between those two. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I guess as well, it, it's the idea that Agatha potentially, as I say, is this sponge or receptacle mm-hmm. of, of magic that she can absorb and then use, but she still has to understand the incantation where it seems Wanda, um, you know, we, we see all through this that she doesn't even know that she was a witch. I think exactly. Agatha says it could have withered on the vine, um, if she hadn't been exposed, um, through Hydra to the Mind Stone, yeah. um, primarily. And so it, it seems with Wanda, it's more instinctive that she's not had to sit down and, and read books like Doctor Strange or, or like uh, Agatha. That's how powerful she is. Can you imagine yeah. if she did have books to guide her in using magic? I think it's kind of part of Agatha's whole uh, conceit in the episode, I suppose, is that if this woman was sitting down and learning magic and learning how to direct it, can you imagine how powerful she would be? Yeah, yeah. it's the suggestion that, you know, unconsciously, without her even knowing, as a small child, she put a hex around the the Stark missile that had landed in the apartment in order to stop it from detonating yeah. uh, without even knowing it that that's the you know she's completely oblivious to all of uh, of this maybe yeah. well maybe yeah exactly and <laughs> um, I I think the other thing just quickly is you see Agatha take the brooch from her dead mother mm. at the end and that's the brooch that we had seen in some of the previous episodes I think at one stage we were um trying to 
see if we could see anything on that brooch to give any kind of clue. Yeah. Uh, but it is uh, her dead mother's brooch, I guess, the the symbol for the head of the coven. Yeah, that's um, what I was Even though the coven is literally just Agatha at this stage. Exactly. <laughs> I am now the head of my own coven. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's promotion. It's how you can get promoted. Like, exactly. you know, it's just destroy all the competition. <laughs> um, how did everyone find the, the, the aging of Catherine Hong? I was going to ask that question. I was wondering whether it'd be insensitive to ask that question, whether she was de-aged or not, because I wasn't even sure. She looked very young, and I was going, was that just makeup, or was it de-aged? Because no, she, I think it, it She was looked de- really well. It looked yeah. very like Catherine Hahn just got a really good a really good uh, makeup artist for that day. And I think the contrast between her in these last two episodes, since the reveal, I suppose, since the last couple of minutes of last episode and this episode, where she has her hair wiry and all over the place in comparison to how well manicured and maintained she's been as the character on all of the sitcoms i think the contrast between that that look that she has now versus her youthful look probably works even better uh, for that de-aging piece so this is really weird because i had the absolute reverse side of this i didn't think she was de-aged at all i just think right at the end um she had makeup applied to make her look older Maybe. slightly more mature and even then it, it was just by fractions yeah. it wasn't like she was suddenly you know an old withered witch mm. like you kind like of the comic book l- yeah, like, the, like the comic <laughs> like the idea of hansel and gretel and all that right um so i just thought she had been um aged slightly it was kind of like you know the crow's feet stuff and right. that kind of thing a few extra lines right. um when she was in that great outfit right at the end so mm. i thought i really liked that what do um, you think chris so i took it she was definitely da's just because there was a couple of scenes it was more when she was tied there was an angle or two of a of, of kind of just of the way the camera was placed on mm-hmm. her that her just her head just didn't fit to her body okay yeah um just the the way they had done it and like yeah no it was very subtle it was just slightly uncanny valley enough to pull me like kind of slightly out of it okay and actually directly after watching this episode we watched Antoine mm-hmm. uh last night and when they de-aged Hank Pym Michael Douglas yeah Michael Douglas you could see that was a de-aging oh yeah uh, with Catherine Han, it was so subtle. I was like, did they even need it? Like, she didn't need to be DH. She looks stunning. I suppose what they were just trying to show maybe is that in the 1600s, she looked at, she was a bit younger and she's, the magic is the life force of all those other people is sustaining her. Well, I wonder if they used if they could have used it as a mechanism to explain that because we yeah. see her draining the power of all uh, of all the other witches in the coven. We see her trying to work out how Wanda is as powerful as she is, and maybe if they were showing, you know, now she's getting older and she needs to get more power into her. Um, back then she was old and sucked in all the power and dehaged herself, kind of like uh, Stardust. Yeah, um, exactly. Stardust. And that's uh, why I thought, to be honest, I didn't think she was de-aged in that moment in Salem. I thought because there was so much special effects happening anyway. I mean, they had to do the thing where her skin and her neck starts to glow. So just mm. by the fact of doing that, it was 
you know, it changed her appearance and then, then witches would encant spells to keep that youthful appearance, yeah. as you say, like with Stardust yeah. and, and so on. I wonder so, if they could have just used that mechanism um, to kind of explain that a little more. Um, last bit on, on Agatha at this, at this opening scene is one of the things I wanted to call out. So last week we had the magnificent song, of course, uh, Agatha all along. Uh, this episode, she actually explains it wasn't her. She wasn't the one responsible for creating <laughs> Westview. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, in fairness, we all kind of uh, took it at face value she was saying she began everything the lyrics of the song actually say that she's the one that tainted everything she's the one that uh, was causing trouble within Westview the whole time that was that's actually what the lyrics say but what we do find out is why she's here she basically says she was traveling past noticed the amount of power that was coming out of Westview and kind of said I want me some of that and then installed herself in there so it was effectively wow look at the power coming out of there kind of like what we were saying about Doctor Strange possibly turning up here he would notice this type of magic use Obviously, there. he didn't. I he guess he's didn't. like meditating somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, oblivious to the fact that there's like some massively powerful witch like wrecking everything. <laughs> See, this the, that didn't work for me slightly because essentially the timeline just didn't add up then because very, and we'll talk about it in a second. Wanda's journey at the end, like literally, she steps into the first episode. Yeah. So it, within a couple of minutes of it happening, Catherine Hahn was tried just flying by on her broomstick, went, I want me some of that, came in and then knocks on the door and comes in the back door as the nosy neighbor. Well, remember, Chris, you know, we do uh, the only other major magic user we know, again, is Doctor Strange, who can transport himself onto the top of a mountain in Tibet just by opening up a little portal so he could be right there in seconds, perhaps, given sure. this opening scene where she's absorbing the magic. Potentially, this is something she's looking out for all the time, sources of great magic. Okay. Let's go on to that. Let's go on to our, our second point, which is going to be the meat of our episode previously on WandaVision, because this is what we've been building up to, what happened to get... Wanda to this point to have this power to get her over the ledge effectively into becoming this massively powerful witch. Lots of information, lots of confirmation of the things we've talked about uh, throughout the season, all the moments that have led to this for Wanda, some of the more tragic moments in her life throughout the movies uh, that we've seen in the past. Yeah, so we start out very much, we just see Agatha taunting the Scarlet Witch or the, the as we know, not the Scarlet Witch yet. Um, she's basically showing basic incantations like transmutations um of the and mind control puppetry going mm-hmm. this is stuff i had to learn yeah. over years. hundreds of years yeah. how are you doing this mm-hmm. because and then how does she not know the the basics of the the ruins on the the the, the summoning not summoning circle but the circle i think she calls it or yeah. something the protective runes yeah yeah the protective runes means only Agatha can cast magic inside there because you see Wanda try and fail mm-hmm. to do her hex bolts or balls or the hex, like her, her usual telekinetic, like explosions, mm-hmm. uh, and fail. And then we started to see that, yes, her magic was her powers, quote unquote, are ingrained in magic, um, because she couldn't do it in there. Yeah. So it starts to unravel kind of, okay, well, what is happening here? The viewer, is surplanted into Agatha in the question of, well, what's happening? How mm-hmm. is this happening? Yeah. Tell us everything. So we get this 
we get a, a single hair plucked from the head of the uh, uh, person similar to do- what Doctor Strange did in um, to Thor, I think it was, in, in one of the films. He plucks a single hair. Um, and then the, it's, it's a flip of the hand, a doorway is created, and we are previously on WandaVision. We are mm-hmm. taken through the history of Wanda. And I, for one, am actually enjoying this. This is a two-fingered salute to all the haters of Elizabeth Olsen and the character of Wanda Maximoff in the, the MCU going, Oh, her accent. Like, how does she have an American accent if she, <laughs> if she was born in Sokovia? And like, how did her accent change so messed? And oh my God, like, she suddenly went from barely knowing Vision to falling in love with him. Or they never explained uh, why Vision walked in in her room. Like, all of the, it's all being explained and it's yep. being explained beautifully well. Yep. It's being explained. Th- that the the premise of this show is grief and the the control and it's like yes you can say it's build it's the the premise of the show is to build multiverse of madness and the premise of the show is to like move the character x like no the premise of this show is the thematic beauty is grief and how people deal with grief absolutely. in all its forms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, Wanda is literally of the MCU, no matter what happened, like, in my view, no matter what happened with Captain America being a popsicle and losing um, Peggy Carter, um, you know, Wanda is truly the tragedy of um, mm-hmm. the MCU in terms of the pain. I mean, it is just like knock after knock after knock, mm-hmm. and I think um here elizabeth olsen is phenomenal in, in portraying that and it, it it's it's also just that combination with agatha um as well because um there is you know the the resistance of wanda to 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 perform effectively to agatha's magic mm-hmm. um and yet um goes through with it that inner strength and I, to me, you see that inner strength just break down in, in Wanda Maximoff, leading to kind of um, where she goes back to Westview, uh, to the the house um, that or the plot of land there for her and Vision to have a, a future, to retire, to eke out their days, I guess. And I, I think that's shown really nicely here, you know, from this um, really happy um, young girl with her family around her at the start uh, having tv night and um, to just slowly um the build-up of all this loss um time after yeah. time and, 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 just... and bad things you know like with the hydra experimentation um and she she's phenomenal in this yeah. absolutely i mean there were moments um, as I say, that were just uh, in- incredible. And I-, I think um for me, the first one of those was in the apartment in Sokovia. Mm-hmm. And it's just that idea of this 
really nice family. They're having TV night and they're watching Dick Van Dyke show. And uh, the the music is just so beautiful there. And then you get that really shocking moment of um, the the bomb hitting the apartment yeah. and. Um, and it, you know, in that moment, the, it's the genesis of Wanda's tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Pietro's tragedy, of course, as well. But, um, I have to say, you're right. The whole choice of dropping out the dialogue from the Dick Van Dyke show so you can see the, the show that she's watching, you can see the delight of young Wanda watching this episode, her clearly her favorite episode of sitcom because she chose it out of, you know, that massive box set of Dick Van Dyke show. She chose the exact episode she wanted to see. Um, Having no dialogue from the show, no dialogue from any of the characters in WandaVision and just the music playing was just so affecting. I thought it was a beautifully yeah. played moment because we all know what's, what's coming. We've heard it before. We heard that, that the bomb came in, killed her parents. We've heard that many times before. Um, but we've never seen it uh, represented this way. And I thought it was lo- really beautifully done by the director. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I, I guess it was that. And then, you know, contrasted with where they come back and you see sort of remnants of the, the show still playing on the mm-hmm. broken TV where it, it's all about having a bad dream. Uh, was any of it real? What a nightmare it is. Or all, all of that from yeah. uh, that episode of Dick Van Dyke. And I guess it's the start of her nightmare mm-hmm. um in, yeah. in that sense um so like that was really uh really good i think yeah completely agree one of the key things i'll call out is that the box of dvds her dad has mm-hmm. are all of the shows that are referenced yeah. throughout this season yeah um it, it's the, the the malcolm in the middle it's the dick van dyke show yep. it's i love lucy it's bewitched it's Everything was in there. Even the Adams family, where yeah. the where the Agatha Long theme tune came from, is in is in there as a box set. Did you notice in the subtitles? We had a really weird thing from Disney Plus on the subtitles, where it's translated the subtitles into German when we watched the episode first. But uh, but when when we watched it again, we changed it to English subtitles. Uh, and in Sokovian, her father's saying that actually he sells these English DVDs on the streets. That's that's yeah. his job. Uh, he didn't sell any. He's coming home after a bad day, actually of not being able to sell anything. His wife is very disappointed, but at least they're able to celebrate and have TV night at home, basically, yeah. is, is, the, is that. I didn't notice it in the first time just purely because of those weird subtitles. I was like, why are they in German? What a weird thing to do. But, um, yeah. No, I loved it. And the, each of the episodes is something that was recreated. So we see the, the bed scene, the bedroom scene mm-hmm. from the Dick Van Dyke show. We see the Dick Van Dyke show where... The, it's the one where the, the walnuts kind of all over in the Dick Van Dyke show kind of coming through the door. And it's like, it's based, I think that episode's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see the, the, the Brady Bunch, uh, scene from slightly later being, uh, where it's the doll is hidden and taken by the dog. Uh, oh, the Malcolm in the middle scene where, um, it was the, the thing falls on them, uh, on Hal mm-hmm. and Brian Cranston. Um, Every episode that was a key call out that we, that was referenced in this, we see throughout these previously on flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One quick thing. Yes. So we see that she was a witch. She, she is the one. She performed a hex spell, a probability hex spell on the bomb that, um, essentially prevented it from killing them. Mm. Um, so this is interesting. Um, I, I, a lot of people are going, no, you're retconning it. Yeah. It's the usual, uh, but 
But anyway, let's move on. Let's Absolutely. Move on. We did talk about this before the podcast. You will find 1% of people that think this is a retcon. This story was never told. There was no, no, no story exactly. told as to why they were stuck in this room for two days with, remember, Tony Stark made a bomb. So a Stark Industries made bomb, very unlikely it, would, it wouldn't go off in those two days. He's a pretty good arms manufacturer, at least in those early days. Um, so... This is the suggestion from Agatha is that she used a hex power to stop the bomb from going off as well. Yes. So, yeah. Probability, probability hex. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love this. I love this, that this was essentially her virgining, blossoming power coming to, to kind of to fruition. Yeah. Um, and then we skip forward slightly. We are taken by Agatha into the next previously episode uh and we do get the the experimentation scene of by hydra yeah. um i thought for a second they had recast uh von strucker mm. but it doesn't look like it i no, thought no, like it's just not two technicians but it was just yeah. when you i first saw him i was like are they recasting strucker and i was i was hoping i was like oh i'll check the credits later it's not it's, yeah they, they didn't mention i was like oh thank god because i could see <laughs> like but that would have been a perfect scene to have strucker come in by yeah the way. just I, saying I, yeah, yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen Strucker uh, back just just in the I think That would have been really good. Do you know what? In fairness, it actually didn't make sense that it wasn't him. Uh, this was his this was his prize. The yes. idea that he had two people who were being experimented on using the, uh, the the stone that was inside the scepter, as we thought at the time now, now known as the Mind Stone. But it was totally his prize. He should have been there overseeing it. But I presume couldn't get the active act to, uh, to do the yeah, role for a couple exactly. of seconds unfortunately they may not have tried of course uh using two technicians for this very small scene but uh, i absolutely loved this sequence this moment of wanda coming in seeing the scepter the scepter gem appearing to her showing that inside it was the mind stone we have possibly what are we thinking i think chris you said this scarlet witch from possibly another dimension is coming well, I, out I think of the this stone. is an alternate uh, an alternate because so remember last episode the average was nexus mm-hmm. and there's two elements of in the marvel universe that uh, wanda is a nexus of all she is a nexus being mm-hmm. so like the the she is a constant in all the universes yeah and all the different multiverses and she is a one of the most important beings in that in that universe in that mm-hmm. reality um so what I took for this is that this was a Wanda, a Scarlet Witch from another reality, kind of downloading a bit, kind of turning her on, like right. going, okay, you are joining the, the nexuses of Wanda's, the, the, do you remember, like, there was the original in Rick and Morty where we first met the, meet the Council of Ricks? Mm-hmm. I think this was like the, <laughs> this is the first Wanda coming to Wanda going, welcome to the Wanda, the Council of Wanda's. <laughs> um, like, yeah. it was the, basically, yeah, it was just almost like a download because we see she just collapses after being exposed. Yeah. Yeah. To and this. the interesting part that we find out later on is yes, we see that as the audience, but that didn't happen in reality. So we see the technicians looking back over over and over again at the footage and the sec- section where that would have happened has disappeared all they see is Wanda walking into the room and dropping to the floor yeah. effectively so uh, so did it happen was there that connection is it in her mind is her mind connecting with the mind stone effectively so uh, but this is the thing that amped up her powers effectively yeah. and turned her into this powerful uh character yeah like i, I love the reflection of the scarlet witch silhouette in the in the in wanda's eyes and mm-hmm. um, that was really really good um I, and, and i i guess yeah it, it's that it's happening 
in her mind as it's the Mind Stone. So yeah. that's why they don't see it. Um, I think the other thing from this is um, I really like the pitter-patter of dialogue between Agatha and, and Wanda in this. Yeah. Because, like, Agatha isn't doing this out of the generosity of her heart by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But, like, there's also part of it where it sounds like she is trying to help. Um, or is at least recognizes she's a fellow witch and is um sympathetic. It's that moment where Wanda says, I don't want to go there. She doesn't want to go back into that Hydra facility where they tested and experimented with this uh with the Mind Stone or, or with the um scepter. But I, I love that Agatha says, you know, it's good medicine, Angel. Like, it yeah. actually seems like a really nice thing to say. And and in a sense, again, not that she's doing it for any good reason, but Wanda needing to maybe confront these and deal with it is probably a healthy thing, I guess. But, but it's, I, it, yeah, as you say, it's not, it, it's not for her psyche that no, Agatha, exactly. Agatha is doing it. She's doing it for the power. Effect. And I, I guess with the little bit of, of, of stuff on Agatha that I've read since, this show, it's the idea that, you know, Agatha is someone in the comics, at least, that helps Wanda to understand her powers. Mm. And, and it, so I, maybe I was being a little tainted by that. I mean, Press. even when she was talking about how, you know, the transformation and control incantations with the beetle and the, and the bird, um, it was almost like she was saying, well, this is how you do it. Don't you understand that? But it, it isn't for any of that reason. It's for Agatha's reasons. But I, I kind of like that, that, that kind of element to, to these two as they are Absolutely. going through uh, the different stages of, of Wanda's life. Yeah. Uh, and as you say, this is where she says, the powers of Wanda then have been amplified yeah. from, from a young girl. She just ha- she didn't know she was doing it yeah. to to now where the powers have been amplified and um, they could have withered on the vine if not yeah. connected with the mind stone as, as the other implication there as well which we really liked and then we move on to uh, to a scene we've kind of al- almost seen uh, in the Avengers compound we've seen these interactions between Wanda and Vision where he's walking through the walls going into her room completely misunderstanding human interaction effectively and then they have this wonderful connected moments between Wanda and really shows you truly why she would fall in love with a person like Vision. This moment where he explains from his perspective what grief means to him. I think it's absolutely beautifully played by Bethany and and by Elizabeth Olsen, this moment where you realize the connection between the two of them. He is the one that saves her from the abyss after losing Pietro effectively. Uh, she is. She believes there is nothing else for her. She's completely empty inside. The only thing that could cure her of this is seeing Pietro again, as she says. Um, and he tells her what he believes grief is. And I think it's a, a wonderfully played scene. It's beautiful. Oh. It's really, really beautiful, actually. And I think just watching Infinity War again, you know, you, you see them in Scotland having... Um, uh, moved there to get away from everything yeah. uh, and you know that they're in a relationship but I just feel this is really adds um, to the connection and I, even um, for them um, for in the previous episodes you know uh, at the end of the day the movie could only uh, show so much yeah. of, of their connection uh, and so on this does it in a, such an intimate way and I yeah. think what TV can do um, you know certainly with 
this such a big ensemble piece that Infinity War and Endgame was, yeah. they could only like really just give a, a flashpoint with these two, you know, and, and it was driven towards the story of what happens with Thanos. Whereas here, it, it just adds that other layer for those scenes um, in the MCU. And mm-hmm. I think for the, the TV show as a whole, that intimacy, um, and, and it's really, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, you see that, that, it's the degradation of, of Wanda and being saved by Vision. Mm-hmm. I, I just love the moment where she goes, you know, I'm tired. Um, yeah. I, it's like, I can't do this anymore. I just want to rest yeah. effectively. Um, and it is, it's really good that, that line that, that Vision says. Um, and I even like Agatha's uh, sarcastic touching moment where she, you know, she wipes a fake tear <laughs> uh, from her eye. It, it, so like, I do like the sarcasm uh, in in Agatha, and I, I thought that was just like you know, ah, just that fake tear being wiped. Mm. Harsh. <laughs> this for me, beautiful. I, again, I, I, I'm not going to belabor the point. Um, I think it just it it's, it was a beautiful scene. It was well crafted, well written, and just translated to any other TV show or any other film and it would just be any other medium and it would be award winning. Um strangely enough it does actually tie into Civil War as well. Um because essentially remember there was the scene where Vision just walks in and doesn't use the door. That's what I mean. Yeah, that that was effectively replicating that scene yeah. from Civil War, wasn't it? And I, I think very soon after this, they've been she's been living under house arrest effectively, and this is where Hawkeye comes in and and uh, takes her out of there, and she has to effectively fight against Vision uh, during these scenes. So they have built up this really nice relationship between the two of them. And it's lovely to see it uh, portrayed on screen as to why yeah. they would have this relationship, and it leads into. The actual confrontation, what actually went down at Sword. We've heard this story oh, gotcha. um, from Hayward as to what he describes happens, where he kind of says she breaks in and, and stole Vision's body. And now we know that's completely untrue. Um, she came in to try and get the body back, to bury it, um, to bury Vision's body effectively, to honor him. Because when she returned from the snap, the body was gone and she finds out it's Sword that took, uh, that took Vision's body and had been experimenting on it, uh, pulling it apart. Hayward explains this is a $3 billion weapon. Of course, we're not going to leave it buried in the ground, but you can say goodbye. Uh, it's kind of the option that he has on the table. But it does push her towards using her powers to bring Vision back alive. It kind of yeah. says, you know, you have those powers. Why don't you use them? Um, but when, but he doesn't push too hard, which I, which I noticed. He's not like telling her, you know, over and repeatedly, you can use your powers to get him back alive. He kind of says it once and goes, well, then your only option is to say goodbye and walk away. Yeah, I think that's really important in this moment that Wanda's intention is not to reanimate Vision. Mm -hmm. It's effectively to say goodbye, to have that closing moment that she can do as someone who's grieving, which is to say goodbye and to bury him, you know, have that closure and have that ceremony to close it in her mind. And I thought that was really good. And as you say, just when prompted by Haywood and she she runs her magic across his forehead where the the mind stone was and she just that point where she says i i can't feel you yeah. um really really good it was another great scene and um, it was actually one yeah it was totally unexpected you know you think she's going to go in yeah. um and it's all kind of quite civil really um and it's like, i got oh, pleasure to meet you, you yeah, know, really it, it's, to meet you. It, yeah it's it's really um 
really uh, good, but uh, yeah, ultimately she's denied the thing that will bring her closure. Yeah. I also love as a magic user, why would you use the stairs to go down? Just smash the windows and jump off the side. You know, you got your superpowers. Why not? (laughs) So I I disagree slightly with you. Okay. He was 100% prodding her to do it. It wasn't prodding. He was manipulating. He was trying to force her to do it without going, like, gun to your head. He was literally trying to, like, he was Nick Fury level kind of, I'm not, okay. Maybe not Nick. Sorry, by the way, I said Nick Fury and I just see Derek's face in the camera go, he's no Nick Fury. Well, Nick Fury would accomplish the goal. That's the difference. Hayward <laughs> pushes her twice and then goes, right, say goodbye and out you go. Like, that's it. Like, there's no, there's no pushing completely. He's not, he's not a manipulative genius. That's why he's only acting head of, of sword. He's not that great. True. Um, <laughs> but by the end of this episode, they get what they want. Absolutely. So yeah. it, is it about the results or the journey? I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> could have been far quicker. Yes. Okay. Fine. <laughs> so he's a see. He's a fury light with like and not l i g h t l i t e kind of that really hip like Bud Light version. He's a <laughs> he's the Bud Light of Nick Fury's craft beer. Right. Once or, again, yeah. I'll, I'll repeat: there is no connection between Shield Sword, yes. Nick Fury, or Hayward. Here, he is just the acting sure. director of some agency that aren't very good at their jobs. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that with all those technicians. Even though she didn't feel anything in that moment, I kind of feel that the the data that churned out afterwards showed that there was some response from yes. Vision to that mm-hmm. touch, which is why they know and have premeditatedly throughout this season then sent in, for example, the drone to, in order to get a sample of her power. Yeah. So um, something happened afterwards, which obviously um, Wanda has no idea about um yeah. but again it, it's just um I, I think really really good um yeah i mean you just see the tragedy I, I you can't sort of emphasize it enough that um no wonder she's she goes a little kooky because it's just like time after time yeah. um it, it's pain loneliness um grief uh, and certainly um with vision uh, you know, it, it's that nice moment where um, Agatha is saying, you know, what happened, Wanda? And she goes, I wanted him back. Uh, but it's not the idea of him back alive. It's just yeah. that she can have that closure, as I said before, um, which is just really good. Yeah. It's it's really good. It, it kind of changes the angle yeah. that she's not trying to, um, at least in this moment, um, she's not trying to bring him back to life. She doesn't see that as a way to go yeah um ultimately how startling would it be to you know see the person that you love pulled into pieces with no regard for the fact that he was sentient yeah. it's very much this attitude of they're treating him like a machine like even hayward even says you know you can you can reboot him turn him back on oh i mean bring him back to life yeah next. exactly you know it's it's a there's that feeling that she's going through all of these things she's just returned from the snap effectively returned to a world where vision is dead and taken away for experimentation or just being torn apart like a machine and this is how she comes back you know you can kind of see again another layer of the tragedy of her story and the imagery is really really good just the top down mm-hmm. you know with his limbs separated connected with the wires and then you focus and you you know his his head comes into to vision uh, i guess um and 
uh, thought that was really good. It, it, it almost reminded me of the White Walkers, how they sort of take out their humans and put them in certain shapes uh, from Game of Thrones, where mm-hmm. they're kind of in a certain pattern. Right. Um, I know it wasn't. It just kind of reminded me of that, seeing that that sort of top-down look of this disassembled um, vision. Yeah, 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 interesting, interesting. Um, following that, we do have our final kind of memory lane walk where we where we get the trip to Westview from from Wanda, where she leaves Sword, goes to Westview, accompanied by a letter which we don't know the contents of until she gets there. Um, I love this scene. I love it. She goes into this kind of this this town that survived the snap again this is something that's been throughout the series it's been mentioned a few times there's been a five-year gap from uh from infinity war to endgame we have this town that would have potentially lost a lot of people it's a little bit trashier than it would have been if half the world wasn't snapped away is what it looks like everything's a little bit more run down than it probably would be in regular time but this is an embodiment of a standard American town, I think, is, is what the the reference is here. You kind of see the reason why Vision would have chosen to buy land in this particular town is because it kind of represents the sitcom world that Wanda is so in yeah. love with. There's those places where she's able to escape to when she's in her worst times. This looks like the kind of place where they could set up a life. They could have, you know, the central square. They could have a, a very small town life. Um something that would exist just for Wanda. And she gets to this plot of land, as we find out, that uh, Vision has bought for her. Um, nice little touchback, uh, the little note that's on there from Vision, where he says, for our life together, um, signed by V in the heart that we saw right back in the first episode in that opening scene where they were trying to understand what this heart represented uh, that was on the calendar. The heart is the heart that Vision drew for her on that piece of, uh, on that on that land registry dock, I guess. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. But this is, again, magnificent. This moment, it's it kind of, you know, we've all been lining up and waiting for this moment to realize what is it that's pushed uh, her over the edge. Is it the loss of her parents, the loss of Pietro, the loss of Vision, the loss of Vision again? Is it that? Well, no, it's not just that. It's the loss of the possible future that she had together with Vision. That's even bigger and even more representative of why she has this snap and has these powers and tries to create this perfect world. She has had way too much put on her plate here. Yeah. yeah. And a dodgy estate agent deal uh, because there's no house there. Well, it's a plot of land. And again, purchased five years ago and left I know. to go into, I was uh, joking. <laughs> to go into, into rotted ruin. No, it's like whenever you've bought a house and you're like, no, because <laughs> the estate agent is up in the fees and, and it's getting more torturous. Um, I, I could understand the pain mm-hmm. that Wanda was going through. Well, at least she's able um, to create a house yeah. and an entire town uh, with her, her powers effect. Well, it was. It was it was really good. That explosion of just, I don't know, megawatt energy mm-hmm. um, from, from Wanda. It was really, really good. And chaos magic. And yes. chaos magic. Um, and... I'm glad you've, I, I just didn't click with it. I was thinking, why is Westview so grubby? And uh, why is it like kind of slightly run down? And again, it's just because they're, they're taking that idea that everyone gave up, um, after the snap, um, and so on, which, uh, is a little bugbear of mine. I, you know, yeah. I, that's why it looks slightly like it's seen better days, basically. Yeah. I think as Hayward said during the, se- during earlier on this season, um, 
there was only half the population of the world to run the things that 100% of the population have run before. It's I, not as yeah. bad as, as Ant-Man's hometown. No, I, <laughs> I remember I, that. Yeah, where it's exactly. Like, nobody's picked up uh, picked up the, the rubbish from the streets for five years. <laughs> What's going on here? I know, but that's what I mean. You know, they had the drive to do a boat shanty town around uh, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I guess there's loads of apartments that um, were empty that they could have just moved into. I, I took, I know what scene you're talking about. I took that as people snapping from boats and the boats crashed after nobody was on board to control them. Uh, maybe. So I thought maybe. that was. But anyway, <laughs> we may, we may find that out in all of the shows to come up uh, in the future. Um, what do you think about this as a moment, this catalyst moment that it actually is to do with the loss of the future and her creation of Westview and, and her creation of her home? I loved it. Yeah. This, this was like, Vindication! <laughs> um, again, not what I wanted, but what I got was so much better than what I wanted. Hmm. It was this, yes, Wanda was the bad guy, quote unquote, like she was the cause. She did this. And it was done in a way that you can only feel sorry for her. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, there was no malicious intent. In the creation of this series, the bubble, the hex, whatever we want to call it, it was just um, where a non-powered person drops to their knees and screams and cries. She dropped to her knees and released this chaos magic that just went out of control. Mm-hmm. She yeah. did not intend, like, she didn't utter no more mutants. She didn't utter um, a spell. She just essentially succumbed to the grief that, that had built up over so long. Mm. Yeah, and it, mani- it manifests with this, you know, seismic release of, of magic, um, yeah. which is really good. And... I, I guess the important thing is that she forms a new vision, um, with oh, the yeah. old vision still back in, in the sword, uh, base. Absolutely. So this is a new vision. Mm-hmm. This is, um, being, this was built and you see that forming, um, and, you know, so that's really important, um, because you just wonder how the two visions, um, are going to uh, connect, well, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, it also changes exactly what Hayward had said. She did not come in and steal the body yeah, and take exactly. it with her to Westview. That's not what he's tracking. Um, it is this new vision that was created from Wanda's mind and from her powers. Uh, yeah, really, really interesting. Uh, see how that plays out in the future. Uh, anything else on that obviously biggest point of the episode, um, which is why we've spent so much time on it? Anything else that you guys want to talk about before we move on to the... Uh, to the other moments from the episode. Nope, not for me. Okay, well then, let's get into our commercial breakdown. <laughs> I suppose there's no no ad in this episode. As I said, the structure of the episode completely changed. Now there is no more WandaVision TV show being broadcast, so no ad break. Uh, but just kind of the reference throughout uh, the episode. We've talked about all of the scenes and all of the shows that she watched um, throughout the episode, all the TV shows that she watched. I just wanted to call out that we do see during the Dick Van Dyke show, that's when the Stark bomb dropped. In episode one, the ad that was in there was the Stark toaster, was the flashing light. So very yeah. specific moments of her watching these TV shows that connect to the ads that were shown. Um, the while she's watching the Brady Bunch at the Hydra headquarters, the Brady Bunch episode of One Division was the episode that had the ad of of Hydra soak 
escape your own world, which is effectively what she does. She gets her powers at that moment. And then after Pietro was killed, she's talking to Vision. They're watching the Malcolm in the Middle episode. Um, that's the episode where we had the Yo Magic Claymation commercial, where the kid is dying on the, on the island all alone. That's Wanda dying on the island all, of, all alone with Vision reaching out her hand to her saying that he can help. Um, so that's, that's really good that they framed that, uh, now within this episode, kind of explained how it was, how it was done. Thought that was cool. Great. Yeah, I, I really like these touch points back to those uh, commercials and um, throughout the series. And mm-hmm. um, it was just uh, nicely done. It's it's really just nice references and and the carrying through that theme, yeah. uh, like just in general with the sitcom shows. You know, we hear Agatha saying sitcom, sitcom, sitcom. You know, what is it about it? It's these are the places that she's gone, and um, because of the Dick Van Dyke show, the, those TV family TV nights with her family. Yeah. The, the sitcoms were her safe space. It was back in her cell, I guess at the Hydra facility. And it's the sitcoms that are sort of taking her mind off this, the awfulness that is happening, I guess, through yeah. the testing and experimentation, even though she's a volunteer. Um, and again, the you know the connection between her and vision is from a scene very funny scene with in malcolm in the middle where you know <laughs> the the roofing all falls on hal yeah, as, he, um, as he puts one final nail into <laughs> exactly um, and of course you get that you know that great kind of deadpan response from from vision about um you know why is that funny is he not hurt you know and it's like uh wanda having to to explain it's not that kind of show well exactly how do you know he's not dead? It's not that kind of show. What she's effectively saying is I can't possibly watch shows like that with the amount of tragedy in my life, sitcoms, I can watch them knowing nothing terrible is going to happen to the characters in them, right? So that's, that's the, the implication in there. So we did get that right. We got the idea that the reason why she's using sitcoms is because it reminds her of great times with her family. Um, what we didn't get right, and we should definitely point it out in commercial breakdown. Yeah. Those aren't her parents that have been going through, uh, yes, going through the show. They're just actors that are being used. So possibly other residents of Westview that have just been incorporated into the one division TV show, uh, by the magic to do the commercial breaks. So, oh well. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. Exactly. I did like, sorry, I will jump back very, very quickly. Her trip to Westview, we did see the hearts. We saw the postman. We saw, um, Herb and Phil. And, um, yeah, other, we didn't see Ralph, although we've never seen Ralph. Just putting that out there. Yeah. yeah. Ralph is a mystery. We yes. might have seen Ralph. There were other people in the town. We don't know what Ralph looks like. <laughs> well, who we, who we didn't see is Dottie. And I don't know whether that's, uh, that's still on the board as to whether, uh, whether Dottie does exist in this world or whether she's another witch in the town or whether that's all made up because she's played by a famous actress, <laughs> yeah. you know, but we didn't see her in those scenes of, of Wanda coming into, uh, coming into Westry. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you never know. Let's that uh, I'm going to say still on the table for episode nine. Everything uh, is still on the table. Yes. Guess what's actually been put on the table in this episode? We get her actual character name. We get Wanda's actual character name from the comics, and I think explained quite well. Our point number four: You are the Scarlet Witch. I I, I love the scene. You know, it's right at the end. Um, you know, it's just it's finished up. Where um, again, it was kind of a nice moment with. 
um, you know, having created this world. I thought it was interesting that all of a sudden she finds herself on a set with, with Agatha, uh, clapping, mm-hmm. uh, with all the cameras and the lighting. And, um, then she hears Tommy and Billy, uh, screaming out for help. And it, you just have that great, I, I thought it was really good where, um, they're being constrained by, by Agatha, who's floating above in her kind of witch's gowns. Yeah. Again, slightly aged at this, at this stage. Um, and sort of announcing to, to Wanda, um, that she finally knows what you are, she says, um, and how dangerous you are. Um, you know, and th- this idea that, this person, the Scarlet Witch, is supposed to be a myth. Um, you know, that, and again, just coming back to why, um, you know, Agatha has been drawn here. You know, she drawn to the afterglow of all those spells that have been cast at once and the control that, uh, and all these different incantations that she's not even doing out loud, but at this, she calls it a different scale. Uh, you know, that it's magic on autopilot and mm-hmm. um, that she says, uh, and, you know, quite kind of pointedly, she says, you're using all this power to create breakfasts um, for people in the town, even on the edge of Westview. Mm-hmm. You've still got incantations playing out to control them and, and all this. Um, you know, use it for something else. Like, it's almost like this is a waste of the the power that you have, yet yeah. you get the sense of Agatha being frightened by it. Certainly, you know, the, the danger and the idea that even in the witch uh, world, um, the world of magic, that the Scarlet Witch is a myth. Um, it shouldn't exist. Yes, yes. Do, are, are we thinking prophecy here? That there's some kind of knowledge that the yeah. Scarlet Witch will come into the world someday and that will be a battle between the two of them. Is that, that's the way I, I kind of was feeling that I, I have heard about the, the mythical Scarlet Witch some point, but never believed it was going to happen is what I, I think Agatha's kind of saying there. Yeah. I took it as being more of a title. The, 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 the Scarlet Witch will come and will wield the chaos magic and yeah. will bring about, you know, that kind of like, they will bring about Ragnarok. Prophecy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's prophecy, all, but like yeah. more. Whereas it's you're a, saying there'll be this battle, I don't think it would be more the the event. Based. Yeah, it's kind of akin to Ragnarok, somehow end of days type Maybe. level stuff in the witch so, world. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. End of uh, day level. So the fact that it's chaos magic, the fact that it's. The, the, the Scarlet Witch, and in the comic books, Chaos Magic is a thing and very mm-hmm. linked to certain huge big bads in the, the Marvel Universe. Also, more recently, in one of the Scarlet Witch runs, the Scarlet Witch is a title that we find that like uh, Wanda and Pedro Maximoff's mother held at one point. Okay. Um, so it is very much a title. So I'm wondering... That is the that's what we're seeing. So she is the Scarlet Witch. There is the term of a nexus. We do know they are introducing the multiverse. I and she has been called out for chaos magic. I think what they're building is that she is this lodestone uh, for all magic. Maybe. She is this kind of nexus point. She can she can control magic without thought. Mm-hmm. As yeah. you said, autopilot. 
Yeah, exactly. And what would she be like if she was trained? And, you know, the other option then is it could just be as simple as Agatha's the Purple Witch because that's her purple power. And, and uh, Wanda's the Scarlet Witch because she's the, that's the Scarlet Power. And maybe Agatha's mother was the Blue Witch because she had the blue power. Uh, maybe it's all just that. But that's yeah. the final line in our episode before we go into our uh, post-credit scene or mid-credit scene uh, as they are in these in these TV shows. Um so we'll see a battle potentially next episode. We'll see the show showdown between Agatha, who is a well-trained witch with hundreds of years of experience versus Wanda, who's a very powerful witch with no experience as to what she's actually doing and what her power could cause. So uh, that'll be really interesting to see e- that play out. Exactly, because I, I think strategically Agatha has possibly done a bit of a boo-boo here because, you know, the whole point of bringing her down into the basement was she had um, nullified Wanda's powers mm-hmm. by having the runes. True. And now she's brought the whole confrontation with the twins, you know, effectively... Uh, you know, held back and held hostage away from those runes. So yes. I think, Agatha, Not that's a idea. big, big mistake yeah. because you've effectively opened yourself up to having the chaotic magic uh sent forth to you. And I, I guess there may be some thing to do with the twins as to what Agatha does and how that confrontation plays out. So I can't wait to see how that happens. Maybe there won't be, but, you know, at the moment you can... You can postulate and get the old imagination flying that maybe the twins are doomed. Yeah, doomed is, is definitely an option. Also, they could be involved in the battle. You know, both of them are powered. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, one very interesting thing I, I will raise just before we go into our final point for this episode. The fact that we now know that she is creating stuff from nothing. Yeah. So she has created the purple vision from nothing. She has created the twins from nothing Mm -hmm. can they leave the dome and still survive so i think one of the the very interesting parts is going to be a lot of the other things were transformed we can we configured from other things yeah so the the, we saw when the magic expanded the car turned into an old car Mm -hmm. people turned into other people these other the the twins and the and vision came from her yeah so either she it, it's going to be that she continues this magic can like sustained or what happens when the dome goes poof and then all of a sudden the kids go poof and that the grief goes boom so the magic still came from her that changed the vehicles and all that yeah. but that was changing the matter uh, vision was created out of thin air and the distinction though with the twins is that they were in her like so it's not quite the same like Mm -hmm. she actually gave birth to them so unless she created them within her own um body she did yeah yeah Yeah. she gave tv birth to them remember because it was like i I, I guess a little bit of pushing (laughs) i just i just see a distinction with those different elements of, of of those um characters in that Westview was already the, yep. the the sword base and the magic of Wanda altered whether it be the DNA such as we've seen with Monica and uh, and the the changes that have occurred there to a biological um, and then the matter of the the base the cars the guns the the clothes yep. Yep. and then you have you see in this episode vision 
almost actually coming from her. Like it's a different light. It's not red. Yeah. It's being created from that Mind Stone light. And then with the the twins, even if she did create them, she still has birthed them. Which is, I, I I don't know. I mean, maybe it will mean nothing. It's just that I kind of see three distinct things here, but it might be just me over analyzing it. I but guess. Agatha does specifically call out that those three things are unusual in the world and represent chaos magic. They represent, yeah. you know, effectively. Remember, we talked about it before that Doctor Strange sets up this idea of magic being just science that we don't understand yet. That's the Marvel Universe version of it. This time, we are talking about a fundamental principle of science being completely thrown out the window the idea yeah. that you can't that that matter cannot be created or destroyed we have matter being created from nothing here that's a fundamental scientific principle uh, overturned by magic effectively. yeah exactly I, I i hear what you're saying but chaos is also just can is science in terms of how you're looking at it, it it's it's non-linear it, it's it's multiple it's stochastic it's variable and um, so the She's still potentially playing with that energy, mm. but in different ways. The The big thing is, as you say, is that something like Vision, that generation of him you see coming from her, um, not changing the matter or the DNA, which already exists. So yeah. it is that yeah, one of those fundamental linear um, scientific principles that... Um, that matter cannot be created or destroyed. It just moves from one form to another or energy, I should say. Um, it's, it's energy. She is creating energy, which forms, uh, vision. So that is the thing that is chaotic here and to the normal understanding of the magic, I guess. Um, and that's what is like Agatha is like, ah. Absolutely, yeah. Massive reveal, obviously, of the Scarlet Witch, especially the name coming from the comic books. We didn't think this would appear in the show at all. Yeah. Anything else on this point before we move on to our final point of the episode? No, once we get to the final point, I have one note that I want to ask. And then, so let's move on to the final point of this episode. Well, we got a pretty meaty post credit sequence here, something that, you know, quite interestingly, you know, this entire episode has kind of felt like a two-hander between Agatha and, and Wanda. The whole way through the episode, they have, you know, opening credits all the way through the, through to those initial credits. And this final scene is something that we, is following on from Hayward's announcement last episode that they are going to attack, effectively. They're going to bring on their weapon. Uh, and it turns out their weapon is Vision. He has been yep. recreated. I know. Like, in in our notes, we've got white vision. I kind of just immediately went albino vision. It was right. kind of like, you know, seeing the, the white gorilla or something. Um, and uh, it was really cool. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I loved the fact as well that Haywood is a premeditated, like, evil kind of slight genius in the sense that, you know, I, I understood that they were using the drone that they had sent in to attack her that she brought back. Uh, and to, in order to get that sample of her energy that they could then use um, to uh, reanimate uh, the vision. Mm. I like as well the distinction that he calls vision the vision. Um, you know, it's kind of a very detached way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah. You know, the idea yeah. that it, this is just a weapon for, that for sword to use. So it, it, in some respects, it, it's no different than the the computers that they use or the guns that they use that it's just the vision interesting yeah you know about that yeah. Yeah. so yeah I absolutely love this uh, the the look is pulled straight from um, the one of the story arcs that kind of people have just said is probably 
being used partially on this, and now we know it is. It's called the West Coast, from a title called the West Coast Avengers, and it was the arc of Vision Quest, where essentially Vision was destroyed, pulled apart, and actually the one of the scenes where we see Vision in those different pieces is part of this, where he's been rebuilt. Um, and in direct to what we see in the, the comic book, it is analogous, analogized here in that we see the vision rebuilt after being destroyed, mm-hmm. rebuilt as this white vision. Well, probably the big thing from the storyline, from the one, from the, um, vision quest storyline in the comic books is that he's being rebuilt by hank pym uh, who was the original ant-man we've seen him in the movies he was being rebuilt but he was unable to recreate the original version of vision he was unable to use the uh the mind that was used originally to create vision so he doesn't have any memory at all and he doesn't have any emotions at all and what we've seen in this episode uh, probably why it's important to have this moment at the end of this episode when he comes back as white vision is Vision was understanding emotions. Vision wasn't like Data trying to explore emotions. He was reading the world and and was properly sentient. He did completely understand what was going on around him. So we are now going to see, if the Vision follows that path, we are now going to see a very different character in this final episode this this white vision if he follows that that path i think that's quite interesting if that's what if that's what they're taking from that comic book arc this idea that he's been put back together and he's lost some of the things that made him vision that made wanda yeah. fall in love with them so i think that's that's going to be a really interesting idea you know even though there is this created version of vision within westview by wanda it's a completely different version of vision because he has no memories because he wasn't that vision this other vision from outside Westview also has potentially no memories and no emotions. So um will they just merge together no. <laughs> by the end of the season and we will have a new vision back or will Wanda have to destroy him two more times? Oof. Yeah. Um So I, I have a, I have a theory. I, I What I think is going to happen is that the white vision will come in, which we know is probably going to happen in the next episode. She's mm-hmm. going to see it and go, oh, my God, they rebuilt you. What the hell? The purple vision will, like, go against it and – the white vision will go, I don't know who you are. I don't know, yeah. like, Wanda, I have no memory of you. I don't know. I have no feeling, blah, blah, blah. This, again, we've talked about this straw that breaks the camel's back. We've seen it already happen once. Well, so it's happened, yes. It's happened once, yeah. What happens when it happens again? But this time, we lose the purple vision. We lose her two kids and the white vision who she who is actually her love doesn't know who she is like that's what i think is the ending of this which mm-hmm. is essentially wanda goes boom and we get this wanda just disappears everything i think the i the satisfaction of this ending i think is going to be questionable in that it will end the series. We will get a lot of the answers, but I believe it's going to be Wanda goes boom and disappears into the multiverse. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out next week on the final episode of WandaVision. Yeah. This has been a f- massive episode, yes. obviously, with a lot of explanations of what's happened so far and really with only one uh, episode left of 30 to 40 minutes uh, potentially uh, on the table. Let's uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, there next are week. a lot of triggers for Wanda for that final episode. Potentially, potentially. Yes. So with that done, with all of our notes and all of our points out of the way, Chris, do you defend this episode of WandaVision previously on? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you, not even going to like lie or jump around the point. Yeah. This was great. This is setting up exactly what I want. This is answering so many questions that I didn't have. It's 
beautiful writing for whatever medium, art, uh, just, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's it. John, do you defend this episode of One Division? Oh, absolutely. Um, this, this was my favorite, uh, episode of, of the series. Um, I mean, I've loved all, all of them, absolutely. But this to me was, um, five meat eating rabbits out of five. And mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to throw that in there because we haven't actually spoken about, um, Agatha's son in inverted commas, well, the, the, the rabbit, yes. uh, uh, Senor Scratchy. Mm-hmm. Um, it ate a bird, people, yeah. um, that had been transformed from a bug. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was fairly um, terrifying. Yeah. Um, I know she did that thing when she was talking about herself and said, you know, she doesn't seem very happy to see us. And she had Senior Scratchy in her arms. But I think that's a reference to Senior Scratchy being something else. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I love this episode and absolutely defend um, previously on, um, I think, from the opening uh witches um which was just so cool um to the closing uh with with agatha uh-huh. at, at having the the twins bound and uh confronting wanda as to who she is and all that in between i think elizabeth olsen is just masterful here um and i i think it really opens up her story and the the tragedy of her story that yeah. you had in the mcu but which was you know done as it was done for reasons because of the films uh, and that those storylines and here having that room to to breathe to spend what 40 minutes looking at Wanda's journey and um, from Sokovia the Hydra facility um the Avengers facility and the sword facility and all that tragedy along the way was yeah. just absolutely great so um I I really uh, do defend uh, this episode of WandaVision absolutely Derek what about yourself best episode of the season without a doubt I had uh, had tears in my eyes at many moments in this episode I thought it was so beautifully played moments that I thought were the darkest I suppose that these yeah. episodes would go and the next five minutes later, something even darker happens or something even more tragic happens or uh, something really beautifully played by Paul Bettany and by uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Both had great moments in this episode and just the guiding hand of, of Catherine Hand throughout it. Uh, as you say, so just such a great sarcastic wit as she's pushing Wanda to experience worse and worse things from her past. Really, really thought that it was a, a great concept for an episode and uh, really well delivered. Excellent stuff. Before we get into our feedback section for this episode, let's get our pub quiz question for this week. John, take us to the pub. Yes, fellow defenders, please uh, send in your answers to feedback at TV Podcast Industries. And of course, all the questions for the series so far is up on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com forward slash WandaVision pub quiz. Mm-hmm. For episode eight, the question is... How many witches form the circle at Agatha Harkness's judgment at Salem, Massachusetts? Uh, yes. How many witches form the circle at Agatha Harkness's judgment in Salem, Massachusetts? Mm. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's quick. At least you can get get to it really quickly if you go back to the episode. Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's right at the start. <laughs> I was thinking of our fellow quizzes. Yes. I like it. I like exactly. it. Yeah, get all your answers into us. Uh, we got lots of answers so far and lots of people uh, entering week by week, which is great. Uh, if you're just taking down the answers to the questions and emailing them in, uh, that's perfectly acceptable. Just make sure you get them in by the uh, by the 10th of March before we do our final episode of WandaVision so we can reveal the winner of those Funko Pops. Let's get on to feedback. Chris, do you want to kick us off? 
Yes. First up, we have an email that was sent in to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com from Jerry, who had this to say. Hey, guys. Several weeks ago, I asked, where was Vision's body? Sword had it the whole time, just as I thought. But now we got White Vision. So who is the big bad now? Agatha is trying to help Wanda. So is Wanda the, the big bad again? Or is there still a big bad to be found? We saw Wanda's parents in this episode. So who are the people in the commercial? One episode left. It better be 90 minutes long. So many questions need answers. <laughs> Jerry in Niceville. Yeah, I, I think we, we've got a few. I think that Wanda's parents in this episode, so the people in the commercials are just residents of I kind of so. bit, yep. bit players, just kind of pe- people like that. I think the big bad, it's kind of continued. It's been both Wanda and Agatha all along. It was both of them. I think the big bad here is grief. Yeah. Um, that's what's, what's caused and pushed um, Wanda over the edge. And now it's a, now it's, what will happen next is really where we are. Um, I don't know whether there's a big bad with a big bad plan to take over the world now. Um, we'll probably find out next week. Yes, but I do. I do. I question whether we'll get the ninety minutes. I think we'll get closer to probably sixty. Yeah, that I do. We, I doubt it's going to be a mini film. I think we're probably thirty to forty minutes, like every yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to get to it. And well, this was forty-seven, yeah. correct? Yeah, with the nine minutes of credits this yes. time, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess those people in the commercials are effectively the Marvel equivalent of Zod. It's just that they're trapped in commercial. Effectively. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so they must have been that. very naughty people um, back uh, before Wanda uh, transformed Westview. I wouldn't uh, mind being trapped in that Hydra Soak commercial for for a while. It looks uh, like a really comfortable sure. bath. Yeah, but you prune very easily. I do, I do. Yeah. Thanks so much for that feedback, Jerry. Uh, over to another email. Victor says, "Greetings, Derek, John, and Chris. Well, it would seem the sitcoms have been cancelled. Lots of summation and confirmation in Agatha's therapy session with Wanda. Wanda's encounter with the Infinity Stone was awesome, as well as her conscription at, of Westview. Did Haywood lie about Wanda's theft of vision? If so, to what end?" Is this why he didn't help Vision escape from the Hex in Episode 6? Will we witness Vision versus Vision battle, as well as which versus which? Should Agatha harm the twins, Wanda will be pushed even further off the deep end. Very frightening. Wanda in the comics nearly destroyed the Avengers, blaming them for the death of her children. Eagerly awaiting the season finale. As always, looking forward to your po- podcasts, Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Great thoughts there, Victor. Yeah, some really interesting stuff. I do, I do wonder if, you know, the, the, if it's just Hayward was trying to say he wasn't involved in anything and trying to push a lot of the blame on Scarlet Witch. You know, we heard from uh, in the previous episode, we heard Monica say to Wanda, don't become the villain that he's trying to make you out to be. Um, she's understood that she's not the villain. Uh, but Hayward did use some footage, obviously nicely edited <laughs> to, to make it look as if Wanda broke in and stole Vision's body, but, uh, but she definitely didn't steal it. Yeah, it's all about that editing. It always comes down to editing. And any good producer knows it's about the editing and how you present it. Yes, it is. Yeah. Indeed it is, yeah. And certainly, I think, as as you say, Victor, um, you know, Wanda has potentially a number of triggers from the twins to the two visions, mm-hmm. plus just the general stuff with um, S.W.O.R.D. and having to deal with Agatha that can uh, trigger something that might be very, very frightening indeed. Uh, yeah, so thanks. Thanks so much for for that, Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have an email in from 084 uh, on with general thoughts on WandaVision. Um, 
084 says, I keep thinking about how we got the amazing photon spectrum origin in episode 7. Most of the chatter was about the fact that ostensibly a big comic book name wasn't involved in it. Or how a lot of the theorizing has phrases like, it has to be, it better be, if it's not X, I'm gonna. Mm -hmm. Ever wonder if the real big bad of WandaVision, the people Agnes might be pulling all of these strings for the benefit of, even though in the end it probably won't even be good enough, is us, the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there might be a a lot of that Uh uh, for sure. I mean, you know theorizing um being intrigued um splitting out postulating um on loads of different dare i say it spectrums is all really really good um but it, it's kind of where it just becomes a polarizing thing of your view about the show that they didn't do that therefore i'm gonna as you say oh wait for uh, i'm gonna not watch it again or yeah. i'm just gonna be massively negatively critical about it yeah. I, I think because um, i love it's, you know, the future, it's the future side of it as well that, that i hear so often it's the if they don't do this next yeah. week i'm gonna be really angry and then it gets to next week and they go that was really good. If they don't do this next week, I'm going to be really angry. And they do something completely the next week, completely different to the next week. And they go, that was really good. If they don't do this next week, and it's just pushing this pressure for some reason, as if their theories are going to be accurate, <laughs> especially given this show has certainly not had anything in it that has been very clearly uh, set up from the start. So uh, really good points there, I4. Yes, thank you so much, A4. And you're right. The bad guy was in us all along. Yes, it's us, the audience. <laughs> Let's head on over to Facebook uh, with some feedback from Brandy Elise Anderson. Uh, she says, A lot to unpack after the first viewing of this episode. The episode was an origin story for Wanda, but also a little for Agatha too. I've heard in the comics, I didn't read the comics, Agatha isn't necessarily evil, but that doesn't appear to be the way the MCU is heading. It appears Agatha is feeding off the magic of other witches, not only to build power, but to be long-lived, as she was alive in, in 1693, making her the shake in the Yo Magic commercial. Mm, interesting. The survivors drink Yo Magic. Wasn't that the line from the uh, from the commercial? It's an interesting one, Brandy. Uh, Brandy continues, well, there goes the theory. The couple of the commercials were Wanda's parents. So maybe there were just other Westview citizens. Uh, uh, this was their role in the hex. But the theory on sitcoms is right. I like how they show Wanda taking solace in them throughout different times in her life. Also, the scene with the Stark bomb hinting, it's the comfort of knowing how they will end. Ooh, interesting. That scene also goes with long-time MCU movie theory that Wanda's witch power kept the bomb from going off, though they didn't they didn't touch on a glimmer of Pietro's power possibly being what saved them and got them out of the way. It's also been suggested that the twins surviving could be due to an X gene, though right now the show seemed more focused on Wanda's witch powers, but it's also Agatha digging, so she may, she might just be making it fit her narrative. I knew Hayward would be the one to suggest Wanda bring Vision back, but really surprised he lied about Wanda stealing Vision's body. I feel like such a naive amateur, being shocked that an untrustworthy liar lie within his lie. (laughs) So this isn't even Vision's body, just a fully corporeal form brought into existence by Wanda's powers. Since episode one, I've heard theories about White Vision, and I'm assuming that's him. They have either the Vision we've had this whole time was White Vision and Wanda's powers have controlled them, or that it's a version of Vision left the hex would be the white vision what i hadn't heard was the theory sword would create white vision on their own with wanda's contribution being a bit of her stolen harnessed magic great episode also we can't gloss over the fact hayward had now the white vision hidden under the project name cataract the disease that can cause people's eyes to whiten 
Very, very good oh, points there, Bradley. Love it. I didn't think about the white fit, yeah. the eyes so and good. cataracts. Yeah, good. very good. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much for that feedback, um, Brandy. Yeah, no, all those points. Uh, I loved them all. Yeah, thanks uh, so much, Brandy, for, for the feedback. Um, certainly the long-time MCU movie theory about Wanda's witch powers. Um, I actually hadn't heard that one, but uh, I think uh, it certainly makes sense uh, to me, and, and I liked how that was brought in uh, to to these flashbacks, if you will, through Agatha's power. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea as well that maybe you know there's an element of Agatha's narration here not necessarily capturing everything about what Wanda is doing as you say she's surmising from what she's seeing um so uh thanks Brandy uh for that uh also on Facebook Kale Hennessy says uh, so I've seen a lot of stuff about how all these magic powers are paralleled by the infinity gems we saw the Salem witches all use blue magic the space gem and Wanda's hex chaos magic is like the reality gem but Agatha's is purple, which is the same as the Power Stone. I wonder if this will actually mean anything or how that will go. Uh, interesting stuff. Mm. Um, certainly, certainly the colors seem to, to match up. And I mean, you do hear from Wong talking about how the infinity gems were created at the start of time, you know, within that big bang and, and created out of matter. And so maybe it's just those base elements that are, are coming in, uh, to play here with the powers maybe. as they are drawing from the energy, yeah. you know, the magic from, uh, the, the universe yeah. so that they they, they reflect these uh, colors that also uh, were found within the Infinity Gems. Yeah. I, I think the big thing here is seeing Wanda's uh, very strong connection with the Mind Gem that was envisioned the other through one, yeah. that experimentation. Yeah. And so yeah. certainly... Um, I, I think that paralleling to her powers could be really, uh, really interesting. And yeah. maybe that's also some reason for the connection between her and Wanda, given that the mind gem was slap bang in the middle of his forehead Maybe. as well. Um, not to say that it wasn't sort of a relationship that formed without that, but also just that extra connection there. Yeah. Um, you know, was something Scarlety still speaking to her from, from the mind gem or mm-hmm. something? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just really interesting points. Thanks, Kale. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure whether they're going to do any kind of connection to the Infinity Stones specifically, especially with only one more episode to go. We've had a lot of talk about the Infinity Stones for the last 23 movies. I think they're probably going to move on a little bit from trying to connect it always to those, but uh, really interesting yeah. points. Uh, thanks so much, Kel. Chris, I know you have to get out of here. Uh, unfortunately, I know your time is limited uh, for this episode and we have talked a lot about WandaVision this time. Uh, you want to give us one more f- piece of feedback before you head off? Yes. The next piece of feedback comes from the one and only Alan Thomas. He goes, okay, so wasn't really Agatha all along after all I'm glad they reeled that back in some although it was awful misleading to go as far as they did with that little ditty however amusing and fun it was in its (laughs) own right yeah I suppose it it was Agatha and it wasn't Agatha all along I think that's the best thing she did uh, as Derek said already in the the previously in the episode uh, in the, the the lyrics it proved that she was just tweaking it to her own. It was her doing the the bad things, yes. the bold things, pulling yes. it off course. Yeah, and then again, it was her trying to be patient to try and find out exactly what she found out in this episode. As she said, I almost got it with fake Pietro. Pietro. 
Fietro, I did love yes. that. That looked like they were trying to get out ahead of a hashtag that unfortunately didn't start <laughs> last week. Yeah. Hashtag Fietro. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode, Chris. Lovely to have us all three together for every episode of WandaVision. I know you're back for episode nine next week, and we have a little bit more feedback to go, but uh, but thanks for joining us. Yes, and thank you so much, fellow defenders, for all your feedback. I will be reading and listening with great intent, um, but can't wait to be joining you all next week for the finale of mm-hmm. One Division. In the immortal words of Stan Lee and the one and only uh, emailer beyond the emailer, uh, Victor Von Doom. Excellent. See you, Chris. Talk to you next time. Yeah, see you, Chris. Bye. Thanks, Chris. And yeah, thanks, Alan, as well for the feedback. Uh, Ray Felix says, great flashback episode. I think streaming episodes are the new comic book. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the show, but my guess is Master Pandemonium may have something to do with this. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, another, yeah. another villain of the West Coast Avengers, Master Pandemonium. Um, I don't know whether by the end of the episode, I think we have found that that's not the case uh, this time, but you never know. Still another episode to go. Well, yeah, Pandemonium and uh, Chaos uh, sound like good bedfellows, uh, for sure. So, yeah, nice little theory there, Ray. Uh, Thanks for that. Absolutely. Um, Heather Wallace also uh, says, After one glorious week of feeling so smug and humming along to Agatha all along, now all my theories have been shot down. The actors in the commercial aren't Wanda's parents. That she in everyone's head probably is Wanda uh-huh. and not Agatha, and Pietro really is fake. Mm. Oh well, this is why I write theatre reviews and not awesome genre bending TV shows. <laughs> uh, I went back to the 80s episode and Agatha's purple hints are all through it. Ooh. She's wearing purple tights, leg warmers, and eyeshadow, and Pietro's shirt has purple at the top. The costuming is so good. On another note, I missed Jimmy, Monica, and Darcy this week. Yes, they absolutely were not uh, in uh, this uh, episode. And um, yeah, I wonder how they are going to play out yeah. uh, against all this powerful magic uh, that's happening. And indeed, yeah. what happened to Monica uh, after she had uh, bumped into uh, Fietro yeah. uh, as well. So uh, that's really good. Yeah, and that nice, was a big cliffhanger last week. Yeah, really, yeah. it really was. And, uh, yeah, nice, nice, uh, touch, uh, there, Heather, for going back and, and spotting all the little purple hints, uh, that link to, to Agatha's, uh, magic. Yeah, really, uh, nice touch there. Yeah, yeah, really good points there, Heather. Uh, Alan F. Jope says, I am glad for the backstory of Agnes. She's a character I wasn't familiar with. Can it be next Friday already? <laughs> Only one more week to go, Alan. Yeah. Matthew Randall says, I'm not usually a fan of flashback episodes, but this is a relationship I've been excited about ever since he saved her from that falling city in Age of Ultron, and we barely got to see any of that relationship blossom. Civil War sucked for them as a pair, and they were already established by Infinity War, so this gave me early stages I very much needed. Totally cried during their chat in front of the TV. I called that it wasn't Vision's corpse walking around very early on, so even though I've already admitted to being wrong, it's nice to know I was actually right. (laughs) I'm confused about what Hayward was actually tracking, if anything. I know some people have accused the show of being unfairly and deliberately misleading to get bigger payoffs, but I'm hopeful they'll answer at least most of my outstanding questions next week. I'm being very hesitant to talk about Wanda being an actual witch now, just because Agatha believes it doesn't mean it's definitely true yet. Probably will be, though. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks, Matthew. Yeah, that's one of the uh, the fundamental things of this of this show. All the way throughout, we've had our own predictions about what's going on, and uh, most of the time, uh, we admit that we're wrong, and then sometimes they come back. Uh, <laughs> really good points there, Matthew. Yeah. Thanks, Matthew. Um, and and for sure, yeah, it's interesting about that tracking of vision within uh, yeah. the hex as to what that was about maybe yeah. it was just to kind of get that ping on on what was happening in in the hex maybe just something as as straightforward as that but yeah it'd be interesting to know because it, yeah. it it does slightly now um kind of conflict you know it, it really was trying to point you towards the idea that they were trying to track vision to recover him as uh, the lie uh, had been uh, propagated by Haywood to um to Jimmy and, and Monica yeah. and Darcy so cuz they yeah. they said in the episode that they were tracking vibranium that's how they were finding vision inside the inside Westview I thought so has Wanda created vibranium from scratch? Well, like, oof, I guess so. Big, if, yeah, because it, it was vibranium that they were tracking. So, yeah. Uh, but if it, Hayward knows that it's not that vision, then he's not tracking that. So, yeah, really yeah. interesting points there. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Thanks, uh, thanks, Matthew. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, Oh, my word. So Agatha stole the life energy off a coven of Salem witches, mm -hmm. committed matricide, and unveiled her way into the Hex forced Wanda to undergo a living, hallucinating dream and then held the Unreal Twins hostage while demanding to sup the source of their mother's power, but did so without alerting Sword. Wow. And I do like that Hayden has a cloudy vision in his cupboard. Fits cataract perfectly. <laughs> yes, it really, really does. So we've got cloudy vision, we've got white vision, we've got albino vision. Uh, yes. yes. Um, but hey, hey, we're very good at coming up with names for those yeah, projects. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and just what you mentioned as well, Bob, about um, without alerting Sword that Agatha did all this. You know, mm -hmm. we still have um, the idea of, of Ralph. Uh, we still have that idea of they haven't found this missing person. So m maybe it's something that Agatha has done by inserting herself into the hex that they, they couldn't see Ralph because maybe she has taken on the property that Ralph was in. Maybe. Uh, and also we do see here that, you know, Wanda um, can't penetrate Agatha's thoughts mm -hmm. uh, they were uh, never open and to her, yeah. they were never open to us so and maybe there is some way that she can also interfere with the sword uh tech as well so yeah mm -hmm. uh, thanks for the feedback there bob thanks for your thoughts once again dr bob donald dennis says overall my least favorite episode it looked like there were going to be something at the core of wandavision besides hysterical woman sunder's reality news at 11 but no, I guess not. It wasn't a horrible episode. There were some great moments and the reveals were strong, but felt disappointing compared to some of the others. I just hope and expect there was another layer of the onion. I enjoyed the extended vo footage of Wanda's field trip to S.W.O.R.D. and that particular post-credit reveal came a week earlier than I expected. Different take uh, on the episode, Donald. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think this is what it was building up to throughout the season. And I think for me, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, Donald, that you say that. I know on first watching it, um, I, I guess I always need to kind of watch these episodes twice to some extent because mm -hmm. the first time I kind of just watch it and let it kind of wash over me, I guess. It's taking in it just as, as a whole. And there was part of me thinking, did we really actually need to see all of Wanda's backstory again? But, you know, watching it 
again it, 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 it the layers in there to add i guess to the the mcu even was really interesting and um i i think yeah i mean it ended up being my, my favorite I, i've seen it a few times now I, I really like it but um that is the thing i guess there are a lot of onion layers still <laughs> to go here i think um, so both maybe for the show, but certainly for the wider uh, MCU moving forward, both in terms of film and uh, cinema, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And we have, like, we have confirmation that Wanda is going to be going into Doctor Strange, as, we, as we've said many times now. So, uh, so this isn't the end of her story at the end of this show, WandaVision. Uh, doubtful we're going to get a second season of the show, but, uh, but interesting that the character will continue on taking some of these lessons and learnings i suppose into the mcu yeah so thanks so much donald for for the feedback Mm -hmm. ray felix says the director of sword was lying when he said wanda stole the vision's body Hmm. i think he really wants wanda in the dissection chair i'm wondering if wanda vision will battle white vision and if so will he be ultron 5 from the comics uh, also, it looks like Mephisto, Master Pandemonium, or Nightmare won't be in the picture. But then I think, who was the silhouetted male in the hex with a cape during the first few episodes? Interesting. I must say, I haven't caught that silhouetted male in the hex uh, mm. from the first few episodes. I'll need to have a look uh, at that again. Um, yeah. And certainly, I guess, the, the three... Um, characters there mephisto master pandemonium or nightmare i i don't think they will be in the picture um within this series absolutely but um whether they end up being part of the picture somewhere down the line with the next 10 years of the mcu i I guess certainly moving into chaotic magic realms um and also into uh, a focus here uh, with with magic and then it will be interesting to see just where they pull from with regards to characters that that sort of i guess replicate to some extent being the big bad that was thanos from the first 10 years yeah maybe i i I just wondered i know we kind of jumped straight to that conclusion that it was uh, it was scarlet witch uh from another dimension or a version of scarlet witch that jumped out of the mind stone to uh to imbue wanda with the powers maybe it was somebody else that that'll be revealed just looked really like her costume uh in the in that silhouette but uh really interesting ray Jeff Charles says, wow, 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 so much information in another too short episode. Director Hayward and Agatha are very much alike. Hayward is after Vision and the secret of the most powerful sentient weapon. Agatha is after Wanda and the secret of her powerful magic. Seeing Wanda go through so much grief, then driving into Westview to see where Vision was building them a house, it got very dusty here about then. We get a name drop on Chaos Magic and Scarlet Witch. We find out she's capable of spontaneous creation. That means Vision and the twins really exist. And I think they can exist outside of the Hex, like Monica's clothes. So Wanda did create everything out of her grief, but I don't think she really understands how she did it. That makes Hayward and Agatha the big bads of the show. I guess so, yeah, I guess, you know, again... It's really difficult to see big bads now, uh, whether they're, whether someone's trying to control the world, you know, they're again quite complex antagonists, I suppose, for the ideas of Wanda. All she wanted was the simple life in this town that she created, living with vision in a, in this perfect uh, Americana sitcom uh, universe, effectively. And they're both disrupting that, definitely. So I guess that makes them uh, the bads versus Wanda. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jeff. Um, Sandy Resendez says, he bought them a plot of land. 
cry face, cry face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That it is. was, I, I, I think, um, you know, it's that idea of, you know, the grief she was in, that tiredness she was feeling, the weariness, um, the, the, the loneliness ultimately, uh, in that moment, but, brought to a head by the idea of the that future stolen from them both um together uh i thought encapsulated in that moment at the plot of land uh with the note um was yeah it was phenomenal uh and I, again elizabeth olsen just being so so good at conveying that grief and and the being distraught uh, was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, it's, it is just that moment when you realise that's the big, uh, the big thing that pushed one over the edge. I suppose. Yeah, uh, really good. Thanks so much, Sandy. We also got some feedback in from Ronaldo. He sent in some voicemail feedback and some Facebook feedback as well. Uh, let's play the voicemail feedback first. I think. Hey guys, it's me, Ray. Uh, I've, I just had to leave you some audio feedback for the latest episode of One Division. Episode 8, previously on. Now, um, when as of this recording, I'm only about halfway through, but I really wanted to share my thoughts because um, I might have to, like, stop it just due to not being able to watch the the whole episode. But by the time I listen to you guys, of course, I'll be ready. Uh, I would have watched it. Um, I just want to say that with all the reveals kind of aside now from Episode 7 and from my previous comments of of slight indifference to, to those reveals. Um, I am absolutely loving this episode 8. My gosh, I'm only 20 minutes in. I'm only up to the point where Wanda's retracing her steps back with Hydra. And I am loving how they are fitting in the comic elements of Scarlet Witch into the MCU Scarlet Witch. This is just fantastic. Um, I've... Uh, I love the development and the history of Agatha Harkness. Um, again, as, as I mentioned, with the reveal aside, this to me is full on the meaty stuff. So to see her history, uh, to see, um, I guess, allusions towards the Scarlet Witch kind of headgear that we know, it seems like her mother, Agatha Harkness's mother, had some sort of uh, Scarlet Witch-esque headgear. Um, in the Hydra... Uh, um, I guess, a vision, so to speak, one of a better word. Uh, Wanda sees a silhouette with her Scarlet Witch headgear. Is that Agatha Harkness's mum? I am loving this idea that she has some ties to the witches uh, and her probability hex is at play. I also love how Agatha wants to know how how Wanda is so powerful so quickly and, and able to do all these complex spells. I am just loving this this magic side of things. Um, so I just wanted to leave my thoughts and just say that. It's full-on fantastic, guys. Um, so I'm going to keep on watching anyway. I just wanted to get this over to you. Um, I can't wait to see what the last 20 minutes go. But for me, for me, this is a big payoff already. Um, it's far superior for me um, to the previous episode. And it actually has enhanced... I guess, and validated everything from from the first seven episodes. So for me, this is this is the jewel. This is the the infinity gem of of an episode so far. Anyway, I've still got half of it to go, but I just wanted to share my thoughts. Anyway, I, I can't wait to hear you guys pick this uh, episode um, and and just really dive into it. But uh, I'll catch you then. See ya. 
Thanks so much, Ray. So excited you couldn't even finish the episode before sending in that feedback. <laughs> I love it. I, I totally stuff. feel it, Ray. Yeah, I totally feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the magical stuff's really good. And I, I, I like what you're saying about Agatha. You know, it's something that the TV show, I guess, it's my, my feeling can do. It's that they give her that, you know, five five minutes right at the start where the, it gives a, a little peek into mm-hmm. her, her background where she's come from and um, where her powers have come from uh, and it, it pays um just that little bit of dividend to um this character and um, that we've seen all the way through this season um, and we see here really fundamental in exploring Wanda's uh history and, and um journey so it's something that you you know for example in doctor strange caecilius it's just in a few lines and Mm -hmm. you think it's more complicated than that you know even uh you you kind of can't necessarily always do that in a movie certainly i guess some of these the mcu movies that are maybe have other kind of points that they're aiming at so certain things can can drop sometimes and i i think that here this is the great thing about TV, you get that context of, of Agatha. I mean, even to the point where she's, she is kind of good and evil. You know, she's like saying, I don't want to die. I want to, to still be alive. Still, I can be good. Yeah. You know, and, but then at the same time, you see those expression changes on, on her face. Yeah. And um, that shows maybe she's a little conflicted herself. Um, and, uh, I, I, with the, with Agatha's mum, I, I didn't really get it as the Scarlet Witch. That's really interesting um, thought. Crown, because yeah. I think it had three points. It is, um, yeah. But, yeah, maybe, the, the I guess, maybe there's a lot of the witch side of the Marvel uh, universe that we will get to see with Wanda uh, moving forwards yeah. as as well as what we've gotten here. Um, That's a really I, interesting thought there, right? I like that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess, yeah. Wanda is that magical child pro- prodigy, you know, um, where it just comes naturally. Well, exactly. Like, um, I, I guess like people that can just suddenly start playing the piano or do like advanced physics. Um, <laughs> she can suddenly she, do magic. She can do <laughs> magic. Yeah. Um, and it gets pulled out over, over time. Absolutely. Yeah. Ronaldo also uh, came in on Facebook to, uh, complete his feedback, uh, from the episode. Uh, Ronaldo says, I've left my thoughts in a voicemail, but I'll just say stop it. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> With reveals done and dusted, the meat of the show came all at once here in episode eight, making it hands down my favorite. It couldn't have been done without the groundwork of the previous episodes, but just wow. And the comic references, White Vision and Scarlet Witch, Probability Hex revealed, I'm still stunned and giddy. Uh, I love how Wanda has her comic book powers introduced into the MCU Mm -hmm. now and it being done so well. Harkness is superb too. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, absolutely, um, uh, Ronaldo. I, I, I think, you know, as you say, you know, all the groundwork on the previous episodes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just a really interesting way of, of bringing it to this point. Um, you know, and e- even the chop and change as to whether it was Agatha in the last episode, you know, whether it was Wanda, as Monica was saying, you know, ultimately, her um, signpost was right when she came out of the hex that first time. It's Wanda. Yeah. Um, and of course, in, in the lovely 
wibbly wobbly way in which we look at things, um, you know, we, we start to, we, we discount that obvious signpost, um, mm-hmm. because of other things happening and it's all down to interpretation. It's just a wonderful, um, way of, of storytelling. Um, oh, I, I guess. Absolutely. I love that by the end of the episode, you're still just as excited about it, but you knew halfway through that this was a, this was a great episode, which I love. Hopefully more MCU shows will be, uh, will be as good as WandaVision has delivered here. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ronaldo. Uh, we also have an email in from Adrian. Hi hosts at TV podcast industries. I'm a fairly newish listener, uh, 2018-ish, first-time feedbacker. Uh, I was introduced to your podcast from hearing Derek on the Walking Dead cast, and I've come to enjoy your movie and TV show coverage. When I got Disney Plus in 2020, I finally started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and needed a podcast to accompany it. I found Welcome to Level 7 Podcast, and there was written feedback from a Derek, and I laughed to myself. What if it was TV Podcast Industries, Derek? (laughs) I nearly did a spit take when an episode or two later, there was audio feedback with Derek's voice. (laughs) I also am a long-time listener to Kevin Smith's Fat Man Beyond, formerly Fat Man on Batman Mm -hmm. Podcast, and I always smile when Chris talks about Mark Bernardin. So when your WandaVision episode 7 podcast coverage, you guys name drop reference both Welcome to Level 7 and Fat Man Beyond, I have to finally write in to officially say TV Podcast Industries is the nexus of all podcasts. <laughs> yes, Excellent stuff. We really are, I think, at this stage. I, I get around with my feedback and uh, my guest appearances. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> That's awesome, Adrian. That's really cool that you've, uh, that you've seen us in different places as well. It's really yeah. cool. Excellent stuff thanks so much adrian adrian goes on to talk about the wandavision anyways back to wandavision he says only one episode left no i need more of this show Mm -hmm. it's so good i loved getting a glimpse at agnes agatha's backstory and then visiting wanda's past was awesome with that dvd collection it made me so happy to see who's the boss was in there it brings me back excellent (laughs) i think i found a possible plot hole if Wanda's exposure to these sitcoms were from DVDs, how would she know about commercials that fit the time period? This crossed my mind because once when watching TV at my sister's place, back when you could visit relatives, I was watching something I normally watched online. So when it stopped for a commercial break for a split second, I was confused, thinking to myself, what's going on? Before realizing I was watching normal broadcast TV. <laughs> what do you guys think? Keep up the great work and I, I will keep listening. I'm looking forward to the next podcast. I hope this feedback makes it in in time. Regards, Adrian. Uh, thanks so much, Adrian, for the feedback there. Uh-huh. Really good uh, to get that in. I, I think on the commercials, that's really interesting. Yeah, watching it on DVD, you would absolutely have none of those commercial breaks. Yeah. At the moment, the commercials reflect Wanda's traumatic moments in her life or, yeah. or different aspects that we then get explored through uh, Agatha taking her through her her life or up to that point and and I guess Wanda knows that commercials exist and course, so yeah. it, it's a way of um putting that stamp in there so yeah uh, it, it yeah I, but it's a really interesting point if, if if you not realized it before then what's going on i i guess we see her watching malcolm in the middle and uh, um, in 
the Avengers mm. facility with Vision. So maybe that was on TV as see, an example. That, that was also DVDs and the in the father's um, box. We did see Malcolm in the Middle season one DVDs in there. But yeah, she could have but been not watching in the them. facility yeah. at um, at the Avengers. The when she's watching yeah. the episode of Malcolm in the Middle, that could have been on live TV. It could have been. It a rerun. Been. I do love the idea of, you know, exactly as as you're saying, Adrian, when you're watching something that you normally watch online and then, you, then you're suddenly watching it on regular TV and it comes as a complete shock when it goes through an ad break. <laughs> like, why am I watching an ad break? <laughs> Especially with all the all the streaming stuff that we watch. Really good stuff, Adrian. Yes, you just made it in on time while we were recording, so I had to had to include your feedback. Uh, great to hear from you. Hopefully you'll, uh, you'll get back to us for the final episode of WandaVision. Thanks so much to everybody who sent feedback to us on email and over on Facebook. We do have some voicemails to close out our feedback section. First up, a couple of voicemails came in from Ryan this week. Hey, what's happening, guys? It's Ryan. I want to give a quick review on episode six and seven. I didn't get one in last week. So just a quick little question, really, for the general Defenders podcast public. I was so shocked that no one took Hayward out after the comment he made to Monica about her not having the courage to be around, or maybe it was better that she wasn't around, sorry, when her mother died, because she hasn't got the stomach for this job. Wow. I was surprised that no one took him out. That was the lowest of low blows. Even my even my wife, who hasn't been watching this fully with me, went, wow, that was a bit harsh, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, it was crazy. But the episode so far, I've got more questions to really ask you guys, your opinion, really. Um, what's your guys' opinion on... When Darcy and Vision sat and had a conversation in the van and Darcy filled Vision in on basically the end game, what's you guys' opinion on how much Darcy would know? Me personally, I think it's been a long time. It's been five years and it's a major event that affected everybody in the world. So I think that maybe the story would be told by people. I'm not sure who, but we all saw the final battle. There was a load of people there to actually transcript, I suppose, the uh, the final battle scene. But yeah, that's mainly just my questions, really. It's hotting up, really. And yes, it's Agatha all along. So we'll see what happens next week. But guys, thank you very much. Take care. Speak to you soon. Thanks so much for the first piece of feedback, Ryan. I know we have another one uh, coming up from you in a second. But yeah, just want to address some of the questions that you had in there. You're absolutely right. Nobody seems to have called out how bad that line from Hayward was about Monica not being able to handle uh, her mother dying, you know, that she wouldn't have possibly been able to handle the world. I think that more speaks to Hayward's trauma that he feels like he's gone through because he had to go through this five years without half the world around. I think that's kind of what he was saying, but you're absolutely right. What a low blow. Uh, but it does set up that kind of journey that Monica goes on, the strength that she embodies in order to be able to become Photon towards the end of the episode. So I think that kind of elation by the end of the episode that she's pushed through and become the superhero that she was destined to be almost kind of made us forget <laughs> to talk about how horrible that line was from Hayward. Yeah, Hayward definitely needs to get some manners on him, mm-hmm. um, I guess. I think it was, yeah, it was pretty bad what he said. And, um, like, really harsh, just really, really harsh. Um, and, uh, yeah, I maybe maybe we didn't mention it as much on the podcast, mainly because it's a PG podcast and we couldn't truly <laughs> say what we thought about Hayward, um, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I guess. Um, and on Darcy, about how much, yeah. you know, would Darcy know? I guess this is a bit like, um, 
I, well, she's connected in at least to Asgard and Thor and through yeah. that. But um, I, yeah, I wonder who is the official tome writer of the history of what happened in Endgame for uh, humanity. I kind of feel like if you think about the people that survived, you know, Steve Rogers did survive and was was um, hosting a survivors group, wasn't he, to get for people that that couldn't get past what had happened to the world. I kind of feel like he'd be he would be exactly the person who would make sure that the people who were lost were heroes and tell their stories and be very specific about who was lost. You know, these are all well-known people at this stage. So I feel like, you know, it would be a known fact about what happened uh, in the snap and what happened and who disappeared in that final battle in Wakanda or that first battle in Wakanda. So uh, so I think maybe that, it may be just one of those things. It's a known thing, you know, TV shows have to make documentaries, <laughs> you know, even in a, even in everything shutting down for five years or people disappearing for five years. So uh, maybe it's just really well known about what happened um, from Darcy's point of view. Yeah, thanks so much, Ryan. Uh, on to uh, Ryan's voicemail part two. Hey, guys, Ryan here. Sorry, had a couple more thoughts. Wanted to run past you guys and see what you think. I've seen this going around on the Internet with regards to why the rover didn't go straight through the hex this time. My personal opinion is that I think Wanda has strengthened the hex. When she came out the first time, she had a conversation with Haywood and she turned the guns on him. As she walked back in, we all see it change from the kind of invisible hex that you can't really see to the red tintish hex, um, hexagon, sorry. And then obviously with regards to when she expanded it, I reckon that must have strengthened it even more. So that's just my personal opinion. And maybe that's why she looked, if you watch the scene where she's in the kitchen and she's just taken one of them tablets, um, she her face when she looks at Monica, she's like, what are you doing here sort of thing? So that's just my opinion. What did you guys think of that? And with regards to everyone talking about the engineer that wasn't the big engineer, I personally think that there will still be a big engineer to come or some kind of big, like a... Uh, Easter egg, so to speak, but also uh, the conversation that was had a couple couple places where people were saying that what the engineer said to Monica, if I'm not mistaken, I thought she said along the lines of, "Your mother wasn't the only per- or isn't the only person that we're loyal to." So I, I I don't know, maybe I've got that wrong, but my opinion was that they're loyal to Monica as much as they are loyal to Haywood, but not really loyal to Haywood, if you get what I mean. But those are my- once again, our ninety-second recording limit uh, unfortunately cut you off at the end there, Ryan. But I think you were—I think you were finished uh, on on your points there. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. The line from uh, from the person that Monica meets is that they're not just loyal to Monica's mother. I thought indicating that they were loyal to Monica as well. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. But yeah, there, there's definitely people thinking that we're going to have the engineer, maybe Tony Stark, appearing in this final episode uh, coming up as well. I just don't know. I have absolutely no idea with this show what we could get around the corner, whether it's going to be, you know, the entire lineup of all surviving Avengers are going to turn up in this last episode. It absolutely could happen, I think. Uh, anything can happen in this final episode. But uh, but interesting, if that was the only reveal that we have of the connected person that, uh, that Monica had, has that would be uh, that would be also quite uh, quite interesting wouldn't it i think so um but i'm hoping it's not tony stark uh that is the engineer to i think be that would be very unlikely yeah I, exactly i i think so um and i think yeah absolutely the hex was strengthened yeah. with that expansion uh, you see that burst of red energy mm-hmm. and, and magic coming from wanda and that seems to permeate into the the energy field of the hex. So I definitely thought that, like you, Ryan, um, that it was the strengthening of the hex. Yeah. I, I guess with that robot vehicle, it was just strange that that couldn't go through 
the the hex that that was a thing because with the hex expanding whilst it was being strengthened it took in effectively all the vehicles and that as yeah. it expanded out yeah, yeah. and then of course monica could move through as as um as a human being so push through and, yeah. and push through it yeah. so i i kind of feel that maybe that vehicle could have gotten through really it's just that um it didn't have enough horsepower maybe i to be pedantic about it i think this whole concept was that uh, Monica had drawn up plans for a vehicle that could get through the hex. She sent on the plans that the vehicle was built or or taken from storage and uh, attuned to her design or something like that, and then brought over. And in the meantime, Wanda had strengthened the barrier uh, to inside. So suddenly, the vehicle that was supposed to make its way through couldn't make its way through. It's something I thought about after we had our, our discussion on the podcast. It just seemed weird, where it was like, we've done it to the perfect specs to get through the wall, and it doesn't get through the wall. It's like, well, why did you even try? But again, as we heard in some feedback uh, uh, about this portion of the of the episode, it is just about Monica realizing her power, forcing her way through with the slightly rewritten DNA by coming out of the, uh, out of the hex before and becoming Spectrum. You know, that's, that's what the whole scene was, was all about. But you're absolutely right. Wanda looked really shocked to have, uh, this person that she'd expelled from the hex come back into, uh, come back into the hex later. So, uh, yeah, I think she was pretty surprised about that. Thanks so much for your voicemails, Ryan. Last but not least. Steve Brown shares his voicemail for this week. Hey guys, it's Steve, and this is for WandaVisions, uh, previously on, uh, another really good episode. I'm sorry that this is coming to an end, man. It's, uh, uh, really, really great. Um, I was a little worried for Wanda, you know, there at the beginning with Agatha and that whole scene between them in the basement. And then this whole walk down memory lane was really pretty cool of seeing those, those, uh, traumatic events uh from kind of from Wanda's point of view and seeing things portrayed that we really hadn't seen portrayed before and that big that reveal at the end of uh Agatha calling her the Scarlet Witch I'm not sure what significance that has if that has to do with the Nexus I remember you guys talking a little bit about the Nexus last week um and uh yeah I, I can't wait to watch it again and uh, share some more thoughts but uh, this whole idea of spontaneous creation uh is interesting i'm not sure uh have we heard about chaos magic before so a lot of these things you guys may answer some of it but of course it's got more questions as well so okay um i can't wait to watch it again and i uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about it talk to you later thanks so much steve i don't think we'd heard about chaos magic in uh, in any of the shows or movies before but um in the show this seems to be a person who can wield chaos magic is considered to be the Scarlet Witch. That's what seems to be coming across Magnus. The the Nexus stuff may just be complete confusion, as we said last episode. You mentioned the Nexus to a comic book reader, and they're suddenly going, oh, I remember all these things that are the Nexus. Possibly this could be the Nexus. She could be the Nexus. The Nexus could be something else. But in certainly in the episode, the indication to Agnes is if you can create um life from nothing, that's chaos magic, and that means you're the Scarlet Witch that I've that I never thought would exist. Certainly, that's the indication of the episode, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think the other interesting, dare I say, dimensional realm to this um, is is that within the magic sphere of Marvel, there are all these dimensions. 
that you can invariably pass through into uh, connect into were yeah. as you know as as you see with with Doctor Strange um you you have different physics being employed or you know things are different it's yeah. like all hands for example or it's upside down <laughs> or it's a mirror dimension right. or it's a dream dimension where anything can happen whether it's a, an illusion or an incantation um but also physically uh, and here uh, you know you just wonder you know to what extent the the significance of seeing that silhouette of the scarlet witch in the hydra facility with the mind stone yeah. um and what's that and, and that reflection in wanda's eyes that whole thing that that event that happened there mm-hmm. like what what is the detail behind that? Because it's a great kind of uh, idea. So that's where the powers were amplified. But how, you know, it, 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 like with the soul stone, you know that you have to go almost to a different plane in, in order to get that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And well, once you get to the planet and you have to do the deed of killing someone you love. Right. And then you're in, you know, this, this other kind of, mind i guess you see it with thanos um uh when it when he goes there and kills gamora mm-hmm. um and you see the young gamora speaking with him uh later on that, yeah. that you know so i guess it's very doctor who in terms of timey wimey wibbly wobbly spacey wacy well, um dimensiony wenchony well um, yes, that yeah. kind of thing there's and just so, so much mythos but set yeah, up just exactly. the mcu movies alone and as we mentioned you know you say a word you know comics have been the marvel comics have been around for over 60 years so of these characters have been around for almost 60 years so once you mention words it could pull on in any direction, really, when you think about it from the comic books. Yeah. It could be anything. How many villains have been suggested to be in the show? And we're one episode left. And we have Agatha Harkness here, right? <laughs> so um, are they going to introduce any other villains into the show other than what we have here? So I really hope know. I really hope that Agatha survives the coming um, conflict. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I love Catherine Hahn in this show. She's done such a wonderful job in the character of Agnes. If she can be redeemed in any way uh, as Agatha Harkness um, and kept on the show somehow or just uh, runs off of the background and we don't see her for a few more uh, a few more years, see her back in a movie or a TV show in the future, would be awesome as well. Thank you so much, everybody, for your feedback. As we've mentioned before, uh, there is a draw going on for some Funko Pops. Uh, everybody that's sent us in feedback and we've discussed on the show will be in that draw uh, later on the season. You can also enter a draw for another set of Funko Pops by emailing us with your answers to the pub quiz. If you've missed any pub quiz questions, pop on over to our website tvpodcastindustries.com the pub quiz questions are over are on the on the site there uh, you can see all the ones so far and email in any thoughts or the pub quiz answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com yeah. thanks so much for joining us yeah absolutely thank you so much uh, fellow defenders um, remember you can support the podcast by rating us subscribing to us and leaving a review on any podcast catcher of your choice uh, you can also uh, join us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash tv podcast industries as well we will be back next week with the final episode of wandavision episode nine which will air on disney plus from friday the 5th of March. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, fellow defenders, for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure. 
speaking with you and chit-chatting all things to do with one division absolutely i think i might rename the podcast as tv podcast industries the nexus of all podcasts i think we should <laughs> i good. think we should uh, i must say adrian that was um inspired absolutely um inspired and um, thanks so much again fellow defenders remember keep watching keep listening and keep hexing bye bye <laughs>